This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by our friends at SNS Cycle. At SNS Cycle, proven performance is not some sort of empty slogan or marketing catchphrase, but a way of thinking, a mantra, and something we've practiced every day of every week for over six decades. That is designed, manufactured, and tested in the heartland of America. Whether it's on the road or off the beaten path, SNS Cycle is the first choice in power sports performance. <laughs> and now we're live. We're totally in. What's up, everybody? Uh, we are back. Steve from Speed Kings, and we're here shooting the shit with Speed King. I mean, no, I guess we're shooting the shit with Redbeard. Yeah! We are graced by his ever-read appearance, Mr. <laughs> Redbeard Original. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm in the house. You I'm know, just chilling. I always uh, forget your real name, by the way. Is it, it's AJ, right? It's Alan Jackson. Yep, yep. Not at all. No, what is your real name? I always forget it. I it's, know it's an A. It's Ass Jelly. Ass Jelly. It's not really that either. What is it? <laughs> it's AJ. I knew it was AJ, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I literally always forget that, because I think in my phone, I just have you as Redbeard. Every, it's so crazy, man. Like, You know, when, it, when we started doing this, it's, it's, it's such a long story in general, but- Let's hear it. It's it's stupid long story. I mean, it's dumb. Like ten days. It could it like it would be like get your teddy bear, put on your softies. I'm, I got my Crucy Originals doll. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, when we got when we got this started, I remember I was telling my wife that we needed to do something different, and um, I felt I told her, I was like ah oh, I'm just I'm I'm crushing inside like everything in my brain, my body, my heart, we're just dying because. You know, we're just in survival mode, just yeah, doing handyman stuff. And I just remember telling her, doing a little walk on the beach, just saying, "We need to change it up. I need to do something different." And uh, she's like, well, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "I don't know." First, I told her, I was like, "Well, we need to do, we we need to focus on you, babe. We can make a business for yourself." <laughs> and um, by the way, we should name it Redbeard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's for you, but it's named after me because you love me. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it was kind of funny. She's like, "Why?" She hated the name. I'll, I'll never forget. She used to. I mean, it was all the time. It was, oh, you know, let's do something like I want to do something a little bit more towards faith, you know, because you know she's a she's a very conservative, uh, faith-filled woman. That's awesome. And uh, I would say I I am a faith-filled individual, one hundred percent. However, I am not a conservative as she is. I would say that we are almost polar opposites in the in the way our relationships hit the road but she keeps my head out of the clouds yep yep you know she says it differently she's like well i actually it's not i saved you from sin (laughs) (laughs) well yep yep i can see that i I mean you know more like she runs behind me with a bowl of water and a and hot and some ice holy water (laughs) just spritzing it at you as you go along like my mom used to say she's like you prayed me into sainthood (laughs) that's what my mom used to say about me she's like my son prayed me into sainthood but yeah, no, I mean, this is when we got started. It, it was it was definitely not easy. We we're definitely in a, in a weird place, um, but all the way through, it's um, it's been awesome. It's been yeah. awesome because you guys are both artists, both of you. She he, does what? 
I, well, she's when I first met her, she was really into painting and drawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me, I would say a little of everything. Yeah. I mean, I started drawing very early at a very, very early age, like three. I was yeah. drawing full figures and, you know, like. Nudity. Full nudity. It was crazy. Full penetration. I, well, I mean, I wouldn't say that. That three. I mean, as much. Massive, I, I veiny, his, triumphant <laughs> bastards. <laughs> I'd say I'd sh- I I had been able to draw as much as stick figures, looking really good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like they as had veiny as a stick digits. figure could get, all of them, all of them, <laughs> and painted inside the lines. Yeah, you know See, that's good. But I was good at it. It was enough to really upset my teachers when I was drawing stuff that I shouldn't be drawing. Yeah, when you're supposed to be doing math. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one plus one equals this stick figure, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, and look at my penis. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody want to see my number one? (laughs) Your lunchbox is filled with little penis drawings. (laughs) I was a terrible kid, man. When I was growing up, I was everything that a ginger should be and more. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, though. You got to live it to the hype. A lot of these gingers out there don't live up to the hype these days, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have to bring it back, you know? I'm to- I feel like I'm towing the line. How old are you? I am an amazing 42 years old. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right there. See, we're all, like, around the same age group. Cheers, man. Maybe that's why we all like each other. Uh, I, I mean, I like you for different reasons. It has nothing to do with your age. It's my butt, huh? It's hey, Well, that and your face. My butt is the bomb. Your butt and your face. <laughs> I'm, I'm liking them both. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your background man i know we've you know obviously we've talked but some people out there may not know um you do some of the craziest artwork i've seen on leather um and i guess it's just more to date it's it's not so dated like back like you know what i mean you're doing fucking new shit like i love seeing all the artwork that you do all the skulls and and just rad shit it's you know very tattoo-esque and i know mm-hmm. that we've talked before and you used to do like flash sheets and stuff for yeah. tattoo uh design did you ever actually physically tattoo or you were just the artist in the background kind of deal always artists in the background you know the way that 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 side of um my art flavor uh really kind of started cutting its teeth was when I was in college. I went to uh, a vocational school. It was called Art Institute of California. Uh-huh. Uh, and I went there for advertising and design. Okay. And uh, one of the classes that I had was marker drawing classes, which I was honestly looking forward to more than any of the other classes that I had taken because I was really into the um, foos. When Chip would do yep, yep, his yep. marker drawings of all his builds, oh, yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, I would just wet my pants. Yeah. It was instant. Yeah, now and it's all digital shit. All digital, man. But yeah. I'm, I still can't. I can get on a computer and I can digitize my artwork to a degree. I yep. can color it to a degree. But I don't think in those, I don't think to the end result, including that as yeah. much. I always still think I got to do this with my two hands. It's quicker for me anyway. Oh, yeah. It's a, I see. I've been. I have a, an iPad Pro. I got like I don't know a year ago, and I got it specifically for Procreate. You yeah. know, I've drawn my whole life and everything, but I always feel I'm, I don't feel I'm right brain left brain. I, I feel like I'm I'm mashed in the middle. Yeah. Because I can. I was never. I can draw well, but I was never like man, I'm a good artist. And then mm. I understand the other parts of like mechanics and stupid shit like that too. Yeah. But I'm not like the, you know, the greatest or nothing, you know, like there's things that scare me a lot. So it's like, <laughs> I've always felt like I just ride that middle line. I'm, I'm a mediocre bitch. <laughs> but <laughs> Doing uh, not mediocre things. Yeah. But um, I, I've been trying to play with that procreate and I, and, and I, I guess my thing is, is like, yeah. 
It's just an app. I should be able to learn it without watching 500 tutorials, so I've never watched a single one. And then I'm also like, how can I watch a tutorial and do it at the same time when I'm trying to draw on the screen I need to watch a tutorial on? Truth. So I've just been playing with it. But if I could, I feel like I can draw better if you gave me a pencil and a pack of prism colors, and I'll just get down because I learned to blend with those prism colors so good. I, I can't figure out... I mean, I see. I wa- I follow the Procreate hashtag on Instagram, and I, man, there's some amazing artists with that shit. But I just can't seem to get it. You know, I just wish, man, that more often than not, people, new artists, would not forsake the traditional way of laying down foundation for art. Because oh, I feel like a lot of kids are jumping in and they're getting on the iPads, and that's all they know. Like oh, you yeah. throw pencils and pens in front of them, like, uh, well, that's the, the what side do I use? You know, I always uh, fight this. I guess there's two sides to this. This is the evolution that we have all been waiting for since 1985 when we watched Back to the Future. You know what I mean? Mm, This has all been coming and we've all been waiting for it and now it's here and we hate it. I hate it too. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, for me, I've been in the tattoo industry or or I was for a very long time since I was 17 years old. Um, And now I see these kids like getting their hands tattooed out of the gate, their heads and necks and stuff. And for me, that's weird because in my time, that was a rites of passage. You had to earn it. Like you had to have full sleeves and like this kind of things. There was like prerequisites, like unfor- like unspoken prerequisites to it. That you were and, already put in time in the scene. Yeah. yeah. And then now it's like, no, nah, you can just do whatever you want. And I understand that, but you know, there's still that old tradition that some of these things they shouldn't lose. And I agree. So I agree with you in yeah. that sense, but it's again, it's the evolution of technology and time and that we've all seen and wanted. You know, True, but I mean, I think we should look at it's not something for me. Technology is a tool. Oh, big time. It's not. It's not something I say I'm going to use as a crush to rely on for my daily. It's just a tool. Oh, big time. All, all the way. And it's always the funny part to me too. The kids nowadays that have grown up with technology can't yeah. figure out how to do things. Where like I learned how to build a motorcycle with Google. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, that was my best friend when I was yeah. building my first bike, like XLForum.net. I've talked about this before, like where I'm just constantly on the computer researching and reading. And these kids nowadays are like, what oil should I use? Man, do some reading, you know, A because little, you'll please. learn, you'll learn more yeah. um, about everything than just me answering that question, you know? And I think that kind of is getting lost with this technology Boom. You know, we all grew up into it, but we also remember dialing up to get on the American online. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally Mom, truth. get off the phone. <laughs> get off the phone. Oh, I remember that. And then having that long extension cord off the phone. Oh, like yeah. when I, I, I'll never forget, this just happened recently. My kids saw me pull out of storage and I had an old phone with the turnstile on it. Yep. And I pulled that out of one of our bins and we're like, what are we going to, you know, we're getting rid of a bunch of stuff. And my kids are like, what is that? And I'm like, that's a phone. No, uh, how that, does it work? Is that the character off Toy Story? <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, what do you mean? How does it, uh, it was, it, it's crazy how far we've come in such a short period of time. It is weird. But yeah. I, I think about that too, because I think about like cars, like automobiles. Automobiles no, have been around for over a hundred years now. And we're just kind of getting to the point where it's like, yeah, this fucking Tesla drives it fucking self. You know what I mean? Um, but and and technology as a I guess consumer base, like where it was ex- easily accessible for everybody. Let's be honest. I mean, cell phones. What we're maybe looking at twenty years. 
Maybe because I mean, twenty years ago. Well, I mean, we. I mean, uh, twenty years. Yeah, yeah I mean, let, right you, around there. Because like mid eighties, I remember seeing the first cell phone. But they weren't really accessible. They no, they were only for the elite. Those were the ballers. Yeah, These and they were. They look pretty hey, much like the money one. penny. I got my <laughs> Motorola. Yeah, I mean, and they look like the ones the military used. Yeah, like, they're huge. You know, when they were storming Normandy. I remember my dad <laughs> had um the car phone. Remember the car phones with the handle on yes. it? Yes. Yeah, and you had to bring it in. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like that with the old school Alpine CD decks where it pulled. The the whole entire deck out of the dash and you yep. brought that so nobody stole it yep like, i remember that i'll never forget the first time i sat in the back of the cadillac and i saw the cell phone attachment and it had the the like rubber keys that lit up and it was on yep. the top of the phone right yep. so you could type in your phone number and it had a little digital readout that looked like an enormous pager yeah and then you pull that and then like you know but well, the minutes were like two bucks a minute back yeah. then it was like stupid expensive. it was retarded yeah, yeah. that was my dad had one but it was it was only for emergencies he owned his own business and stuff in la yeah. so it was like you know work emergency kind of thing you know but um yeah i mean even so i mean i would say cell phones itself became kind of accessible to Everyone, yeah, uh, right around two thousand to two thousand and three. I remember I got my. Well, that's when I got my first cell phone. I think two thousand one, and I was just fresh out of high school. I graduated high school in two thousand, so I still had a pager in high school. And when I got out of high school is when I got like my first cell phone. And I think that's that was when like the Nokia days with the Snake game. Oh you yeah, know? oh gosh. I think that's to me that's the earliest time I can remember where it's like everybody's got a cell phone now. Like, you know what I mean? I was all about that pager life. Oh, I I, I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like, sending your, your girlfriends, uh, yeah. you have to get run to the payphone, throwing all that change, and then you'd send them, like, some stupid little text yeah. with all the numbers, so What's it's up, like, girl? I'm loving you. Show me damn boobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would say that. Yeah, I did. Of course you would. Uh, well, I, it was I was texting you. Did we ever answer the question how I got started? No, we trail off. That's it's, why this is. Oh, I love that. This is how it rolls. It's, man, it's, it's so live. It's it raw. Is. This it's, is what it is. You're live right now on Instagram, right there. You've been on there oh, whole since time. we started. Oh, this whole time. Yeah. That's my new thing. Oh, I love I'm it. I'm just putting it live on Instagram and we'll see what happens at the end. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, you know, people want to get in. I'm not, I can't see the screen though, so I apologize if anybody's saying anything. I, I think I'm going to oh. get a little arm or something where I can hold it up right here. You know what I mean? Like in front of me. That's and then a I good can, like, idea. I mean, you, know? you could have just done that against your coffee cup. But then I'm oh, going to, yeah. then I got to drink it too. Oh, truth. And then the phone would fall. It'd be a disaster. It would be. Yeah. Not completely, but kind of. Kind of. Yeah. So get back to what we were originally so, talking about. Yeah, which I don't remember now what How it was. did you get started? Yeah. How did I get started? Well, I mean, cut, the style, I cut my teeth in college and I remember a friend of mine. What? You cut your teeth in college? Yeah, this is how you know. Is a, is that as a in saying? a term, is in a street term. Like that's how I. You I've know. never heard that. Yeah, who says that? That's yeah, I do. What street? <laughs> Generally, the north side, <laughs> north not the side south side. What? I was like on the north side. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, well, that's a funny thing. Uh, I was born in La Jolla, okay, California. So you're just San Diego to the core, almost. Um, my family's from Texas. Oh, okay. My mom's from Mexico. Nice. Yeah. Do you speak Espanol? I do not. Not anymore. Do you I mean, I a, understand as it. Is, as a matter of fact, my apparently the first words coming out of my mouth when I was a kid were Spanish. Chichis. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot like chichis con leche. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, my, my family on my mom's side, again, also from Texas, but Mexico. Yep. And my dad, all Texan, 100% redneck. Yeah, big belt buckle. 
everything. Yeah, horses and shit? Uh, yeah, my dad was really poor, so I mean, like, no horses. I think he dreamt of having Horse horses. Horseshoe. Yeah, or horse shit. Building it from the ground up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, my dad, uh, how my mom and my dad met was kind of an interesting story-ish, but my mom came across, my grandma, back then I guess it wasn't as hard to have citizenship in the United States, so my grandma came across and had my mom here in the States for dual citizenship and then took her back down to the ranch in Monterey and raised her there. And then when it was time in high school, she bounced over and finished off high school here very quickly. And then she went to college and that's where they met my dad. Oh, that's cool. That's where she met my so your dad. dad went to college also, or, or he just... Yeah, he did. And okay. I think it was like a community college for him. I think that's what it was, that's rad, if though. I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, so most of my family, as I was growing up, um, I was very, I would say sheltered growing up because of how our family life was and more about the kind of the way we were living our lives at the time. My parents were definitely, you know, my dad coming out of the Air Force, um, they were dual income and my mom was always working. My dad was always trying to work or in the military, you know, doing his thing as things were finishing up. And so I was really raised by a lot of the family that had decided to move out because my dad was also an only child. Uh So most of the family from both sides, being from Texas, kind of moved out here to help support us. So I was raised with not knowing anything different. It was like Texas and Southern California for me. So I didn't know anything different. That's where you, have, that's where you get your accent from. It came very heavy. Like it, I lo- It's not as drawn as it used to be, that's for sure. But like, you remember that one time you're like, what the oh, heck's yeah. happening with your voice right now? Yeah. And I get really excited. Yep, it yep. comes out pretty heavy. Oh, so. I, can, I can still hear it right this moment. Oh, you it can? It must be the caffeine. It m- <laughs> that, must be that 11 Bravo coffee. It m- 11 Bravo. Man, it's so good too, by the way. I'm going to have to throw that little shout out at. Um, that's crazy, man. That's a wild story. A little bit. I mean, you know, it's crazy when I go see my family and we go back to Texas and we go visit them. And it's like, and I come back, it's like, wow. Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> yeah. So. That's wild. It's so how often do you go to Texas? I don't really get to go much anymore because I'm traveling so much, yeah. um, you know, with the shows. With and the stupid the t- job you have. It's dumb. Yeah, me too. I hate it. <laughs> I have to go to South Dakota. It's a it's a love-hate relationship. I'm excited, though. I've never been. I, you know what? It's funny to me because so I'm I'm from California. But basically, I lived in Hesperia, which is a top of the Cajon Pass, yeah. since I was two years old till I was like 30. I think mm-hmm. I moved out when I was 32. Um, left there, left that, and I've you know my kids live there still, but I've never lived there again, and I'll never plan to. Yeah. But um, so it's small town kind of like style, you know what I mean? Um, but so I never left. Yeah. Like I didn't. I mean, we go. I basically went. I knew where Ontario was. Yeah. But I, I, you don't really leave like that much, you know. And because of what I do now, I've seen more of this country and actually Mexico and stuff than I ever have in my entire life because of what I do here. Like, I'm getting ready on the 19th. I'm leaving. I'm going to South Dakota when we're driving there and back. So Are you are you going to be going to Sturgis, too? No, I'm going to pick up my road glide. Oh, I saw the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. J&L Harley-Davidson. Oh, if yeah. If you're in the area, check them out. Yeah. We will be up there. I'm picking it up on the 21st, so we'll be there on the 21st. I'm really excited for what you do, man, because I really like... I like how your your form and function is designed. I don't know what it, that even means. That you really are about the performance, like you really, oh, yeah. I that love you it. Le, you let 
the form and function of what you do, like in performance, mm-hmm. in the styling of performance, yeah. be almost the overall style that kind of takes shape yeah. of your build. I want to go fast. You do. Yeah. But you Plus want I'll, you, well, see, but I, you the way you do things, man, is like you go fast and look good. Yeah, and yeah. And I think you do that very well. There's got to be style points, man, and then it's got to be like, you know, there's a, I don't know, I always feel that there's like levels to this, what we're doing here. And and I, I again, I've, I've said before, I'm, I'm not in competition with anybody besides myself. I'm just always trying to level up what I do as my, as my own because, uh, this, like, honestly, what I want to be in life is a bike builder, you know? So building these bikes and every, every bike I do, I'm one-upping the bike I did before. I'm not competing with this guy or that guy or this company or this shop. Like, none of that stuff matters. All that other stuff is inspiration on a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's some amazing bike builders that I'm lucky enough to talk to, work with. I mean, uh, Justin and Robbie over at Ally Art – Forget about it. Those guys fucking kill it. They're new lowers for the 49 oh, millimeter. Dang. dang. I just saw Jeff post those up and I was looking at that. I was oh, like, yeah. do they make 39s for this barge right. there? I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just over there the other day. And I mean, uh, you know, they're just geniuses, you know? I mean, um, you got Chip over at San Diego Customs. I mean, that guy does some amazing stuff, dude. I really, I really love the bikes that they put out. You know, you got um, Sasha over at Kraus. Again, I mean, it's like I feel very fortunate, and it's not fortunate more. It is just hard work to be able to talk to these people and kind of bounce ideas sometimes, you know? Most but, of them um, are really humble, too. I have to say that yeah. as I've met them. And I don't know a lot of people in the industry super, super well. I yeah. mean, I feel like I know you pretty good. Um, I know a handful of people. I mean, I think it's just because I'm stuck in a cave in a corner all the time doing what oh, I do. Dude, but same. But, you know, when I get out, like I was even telling my wife the other day, I was like, why don't we just move out of Southern California? Because the reality is all the relationships that I have are pretty much at this point on the phone and at the shows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I never we never get out. We're so focused yeah. on family and our kids right now yep. until they get into their teens that, you know, why don't we? Why don't we make a big step and, and oh, change it's, it It's up? coming for us as well. Uh, we me and Amy talk about it constantly. My daughter, though, she'll be. um Oh, man, she's going to be 12 this year. So I got six more years before I'm willing to leave California um, until she graduates. Well, because she lives with her mom. So, oh, so if you yeah, move, then it's like that. So you're be, in a yeah, different situation. Yeah, different situation. So, yeah. um, so I won't leave till then. But we like we were just in uh, uh, Chino Valley, Skull Valley, Prescott Valley, Arizona the other day. Oh, oh, I love oh, it. Gosh. Let me tell I'm, you. I'm like, I, I, I want to be like, I like, so... Um, funny little history story there. Uh, there back in the day, like in the nineties, uh, in early two thousands, there used to be this company called Doherty machine. Um, they used to build like little, um, some weird thing for the CV carburetor. Um, that's kind of what they were known for. And and they did some other stuff, but they were actually in Hesperia. They were friends of mine. And I helped them when I was like 18 move from Hesperia to Prescott, Arizona. And they actually lived in the Skull Valley, like when they got settled and everything, once everything was set up. Right. And I'd never been to Skull Valley because I've never been back there to that area since then. Mm-hmm. And we went through there to get some bikes either a couple weekends ago now. Or, and uh, we went through Skull Valley, and I'm like, this is why they lived here. There's nothing here. It's like 40 minutes away from Prescott where there's like stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I'm going to go out there and get like 10 acres and like shoot guns and stuff in the air and pretend I'm a fucking cowboy or something. Life you know? of the king right there, man. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I, it's it's coming for me. But my thing is this is the reason why I love California and the weather, of course, that's just a given. But it makes you hustle harder. Like, especially even moving from where yeah. I moved to, like, when I moved from Asperia, like, mind you, like, when I had a house up there, um, 
we it was a twenty five hundred square foot house on a half acre. We paid one hundred twenty nine thousand dollars for. That's okay. so dirt. That's like yeah. unheard of. That's yeah. not even ever gonna happen yeah. again. And the houses, I mean, the houses have gone gone up up there, but they're right. still like you can still get a crazy house up there for cheap, right? Mm-hmm. I moved to Orange County. From there, apartment in Costa Mesa, it was like nine hundred square feet, two bedroom. I was paying like eighteen hundred dollars a month for. But you know what it, it did for me? Like I always feel like this. Like if I would have stayed there and tried to achieve what I do today mm-hmm. there, it would be in this one room right here still. Because moving away yeah. from there, I had to make more money. I mean, granted, I had a job. I had a full-time job for fucking six years after leaving there or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, it, it, it made me, like, say, like, I have to do this. I have to hustle. I have to work, work, work. And, and then, like, in my whole life, only have, that's the only thing I have is work ethic, you know. So I just work, work, work. You know, I worked all day yesterday, like, on the couch from my computer. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody's out riding motorcycles and shit, and I'm just sitting at home working. Because like I have a game plan and I have a you know I have long term goals. You know? I want your level of hustle, man. Like everyone goes, man, you must you hustle a lot. I just hustle in a different way. Oh, and the leather game is a hustle daily. Oh yeah, I don't create anything that anybody needs. You know That's what I mean? Like not so true, man. Like what? What? So look, when it comes, I need art in my life. Okay, I need it. Like I have to have it. Like I'm I'm an artistic individual as a whole. I'm not good at it, but if I don't see it. Fuck that. Oh, well, I'm the same way. But what I'm saying is when it comes down to needs, and l- let me let me build the house for you. A need, right? <laughs> let me need, build the house. <laughs> right? The need is a roof over your head. Yep. Right? Yep. Warm, safe place to sleep at night. Yep. Right? Food in your belly and a place to wipe your butt. But I can't get toilet paper anymore. Okay. You can still make leather scoops, <laughs> right? And I'm working on that right now. I was just gonna in use case. microfiber cloth. <laughs> yeah, microfiber cloth. So what I'm trying to say is, is in in the case of what you have for necessities of living and survival, there is nothing about art or my craft that is in 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 that uh, that associates with that. So for me, my game is 100% sales hustle. Like I there, but there's a different level that I'm trying to get to. Like the the custom side of what I do. I love it. I mean, I'm really passionate about my art uh-huh. in general. But then there's another side of it that, you know, we had a scare about a year and a half ago. And I was building a, a pumpkin patch for my kids. And in this pumpkin, my first my wife says, let's do a pumpkin patch for the kids. And I'm like, oh, that's such a great idea. So my first thing is, well, let's let's do a little R&D. Let's go to our local ranch place. You know, like there's a, what's it called? It's um, it's well, it doesn't even matter. Anyway, so we go to this place that's got a pumpkin patch. So, of course, I go to a pumpkin patch where they got like 15,000 pumpkins, right? So, my mind goes, Yep. We need a big pumpkin patch, yeah. right? So, we go back <laughs> Let's to- Let's get a loan. Right? So, <laughs> so, we go back to my place and my wife's like, I got a package of seeds. Let's plant those with the kids. I was like, how many seeds in there? She's like, well, we should only do like four or five. I'm like- Four or five C's? That's not a pumpkin How patch. How are we supposed to compete with them? They had 1,500, babe. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. That's like a pumpkin hill. That's a pumpkin mount. That's nothing. So I'm like, I go go to Home Depot. I get 30 packs of C's. <laughs> I'm not a green thumb. I am not a farmer, right? Yeah. So I get on. I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at pumpkin patches and all sorts of stuff. And I'm starting to get a little bit of an idea, right? So I'm not like reading, reading. I'm just like looking at pictures and going, like most men do. They look at pictures and go, oh, that's how you put it together? Yeah. So I see. You look at some pictures of the pumpkins. Next thing you know, you're on Pornhub. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it didn't get that way. But yeah, but so I see the mounds and I'm like, all right, 
Yeah, I can see what you're saying now. Yeah. Okay, so I see boobs the, painted as pumpkins. I see, I see, I see rose. Okay, let's put it that way. I see rose, and I'm like, all right. So you put C's in every eight inches. So then I'm like, babe, we got to do like 15 rows, and we're gonna have like this really cool little area of our property. We're gonna do this thing. So I start planting the seeds. Every eight inches, like it says, do the thing. 15, th- 15 or 13 rows, something like that, right? Well, none of the seeds are popping up. And we're watering like crazy. None of the seeds are popping up. What the heck happened? So then it says, I so I actually read now. And it's like, oh, you're supposed to prepare the dirt with some mulch and some fertilizer. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, so then I go to Home Depot. I was like, oh, I got to get fertilizer. So then I go there and like Farmer John, I come back and I put it in a little did, pump. Did you buy overalls? No, I did not. Should have. That's probably the kick. I, am, I, I bet I, you if you had overalls on, they would have grew they probably would have. Because I have a feeling like at the end of the story, nothing grew. Well, uh, <laughs> so so then I get in there and I do this thing where I'm like, we got to reseed everything. Ah! So we, I spray all the mulch with my kids, right? And this is a spray, uh, not mulch. This is a spray fertilizer. Uh-huh. Okay. So then I'm like, we got to prepare it. We got to mix it all together, right? So you had to go buy a rototiller. I did not. I did all of this with my hands. Oh, you're crazy. My bare hands. Nope. So I'm in there doing this with all this stuff, right? And then we start reseeding. By the end of the day, my hands look like two Smurf hands. Oh, right? I bet. Well, about three weeks later, I'm noticing my hands feel dry and, and, and a little weird, almost like sand grains are stuck in under my Ooh. skin. And then as I'm noticing this, Another day goes by, and now my hands are starting to feel like they're on fire, and they're starting to crack a little bit. And you had pumpkin seeds growing out of your hands? Two, no, uh, within <laughs> that night, <laughs> stop jumping the gun. But <laughs> within that night, my hands exploded oh. into like meatballs, Jesus. and they were cracking. They were on fire. I mean, I literally woke up in the middle of the night, and my wife like ran screaming. in. Yeah, screaming, because they were on fire, and I couldn't bend my fingers. I mean, they had literally, but I was still trying to work. So what happened is I gave myself chemical burns. Because I was playing with all that. Because you should have had those those thick like rubber gloves. Yes, uh-huh. oh, and I didn't wow. read the package because that's exactly what it says on the package. Because we're men, brother. Because I'm reading no instructions. Man, I go by pictures only. That shit's French. Instructions. Like, I would have been a great caveman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so then afterwards, you know, then I start reading about how pumpkins grow. After well, because now I'm not really doing too much. I'm still trying to work, but I can't work real well. Uh, so now I'm reading more about how pumpkins grow, and I'm like, oh my god, these pumpkins do a vine, and then uh, they do a secondary vine or a tertiary vine. I'm like, these grow, they look like uh, tr- Christmas trees on the ground, yeah, and they grow huge. And it says the reason why you only want to plant four seeds is they be- branch they off. branch off so oh, Jesus. enormous, like one vine can get 30, 40 feet long, and then all the vines will grow that long off of it. Yeah, and then each, and then they'll start forming these little flowers that form Everywhere. pumpkins. And- so then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, oh. And you're reading this with your chemical burned hands Yes, yeah, so with my Q-tips, right? Uh, my, my little hands on Because I remember you telling me that story because they were like wrapped up. You were, fu- was you were still, basically fucked. Yeah, totally. For, like, city. for like a solid five weeks. Wow. So this was the this was the thing. Like at the time we had a little bit of a savings and we were everything was okay. I wasn't worried about it if it went to about two weeks. But when we got to five, six weeks, I was just like freaking out. Oh, I bet. But the good side was all of the seeds started sprouting. 
well, not just the seeds that were sprouting that we had just planted, but all the seeds that we had thought we had got rid of, those started sprouting. So now we have vines growing across our driveway, growing around the garage. Shut the fuck up. Dude, I'm talking about like everywhere. Like we were trimming back like, on like Jumanji crazy. when the vines got the house. Everywhere. <laughs> like everywhere. It was out of control. Out of control. Then I started to learn how to, I had to learn how to trim those things, how to trim them all back down. Of course, then we had bunnies coming in and then I was like shooting bunnies. So that was kind of a fun all thing. Right, right. That was good. That's that was good for to, me. That's what you need to do to get bunnies? I'm going to plant some cumbins tonight. Well, you kind of need two acres of land. Uh, to do because that's we we uh, live on two acres. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's good for it's good for our kids to to do dumb wild things. But oh, yeah, this was good in that way. But it all, they grew across our driveway. I mean, it was they were everywhere. And the funny thing was is that out of I don't know how many vines we had, probably like I th- I think at the height we had over a hundred plus vines. Jesus, uh, at the height. So I had to cut all that back, and we went in. My my, mm. give me the number. How many pumpkins? We wound up with something like 120 pumpkins. Oh. Did, but you, they, did you sell them? Nah, because they didn't get that big. Uh, we were, it was like then at that point, like once you get flowers on there and then they start to form. Yes. Then it's like crazy amounts of water. I mean, it's uh, stupid amounts of water. So it, then our, our water bill was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, so, it's like you almost need a natural well on your property. He, almost, man. I mean, I can see... I. If you do it right, because then we got into the whole thing of when when we were just using a fan sprinkler, like oh. the ones that kids used to you know yep, yep, jump yep. through. I used to when I was a kid. We were using that, and I was we were just expensing water like crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, that's when someone came over and was like, "You need to do a drip system." I was like, "What's a drip system?" Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So I mean, this whole thing just spiraled out of control. Oh yeah. And I couldn't just do a drip system for a few plants. I did a drip system for all wolves rows. Yeah. Oh, laid yeah. it all. I mean, it was stupid. You're, now it, you're invested. I'm super invested. I'm like, still there. Oh no, we we I, like my wife's like, are we gonna do this again next year? I was like, absolutely not. A bomb, throw not. salt on that bitch. I was like, every single. Let me tell you something. I was like, babe, of the ten pumpkins we kept, each one of those pumpkins was over a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After it's all said and done, you think the guy with fifteen hundred pumpkins is like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> he came by your property and just laughed at you, idiot. Like, hey, you thought you could do this? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. But I mean, you learned something. My kids loved it. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, if I look at it like that, you know, it was worth it for the for the fact that my kids have really great memories with oh, me yeah. and, you know, their yeah. dad had hams for fingers yeah. for a little while. But, I mean, the whole point of the story was, though, I mean, the lack of income for what you do because your hands got fucked and Massive. you weren't able to do yes. what you needed to do to provide for your family. 100%. And yeah. it was a big scare. Thank you for bringing me back yeah. to that. because That's why I asked if you were able to sell any pumpkins because, I mean, nope. I, I thought there was going to be like the happy ending. Like, but we had 10,000 pumpkins and we made $3 million. I wish that was the case. <laughs> I mean, at the time I was thinking, man, we were getting so many pumpkins. I mean, rabbits were also another problem. Yeah, The yeah. rabbits were eating all of Did them. Did you eat as the rabbits? A, I shot the rabbits and we have these two gigantic red tail hawks on our property. Oh, bad. And I would shoot. This was the craziest thing. I'm sitting up on my second level deck and I'd sit on the corner with a chair. Well, you look like on a plantation or something? <laughs> Goddamn, guy. You got to come over, well, man. I need to come over. Anyway, so when you come over, I'm telling you, Italian subs. Everybody gets this when they come to my spot. They get Italian subs, the whole thing. We lay out, we do the thing, drink some beer, smoke some cigars. What? You heard it here, people. I'm telling you. Don't 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 put your address on the pocket. You're gonna have randoms people showing up. Where's my sub and my cigar? All I'm gonna tell you is I live in Vista and that's it. Boom. 
But that all being said, you come over, we're going to shoot some guns, we're going to oh, yeah. do the thing, kill some rabbits, because they're like crazy. Anyway, so I, I shot a rabbit one day. I'm sitting out there, pow, got one. Not even 30 seconds, this hawk was in a tree in one of our pepper trees, comes down, and while the rabbit is still kicking and spinning its uh, spinning in circles on its yep. side... The hawk comes, picks it up, and then swoops off with it. And I'm like, what? and it wasn't a small rabbit. Yeah. Is it cottontails or jackrabbits? Uh, well, for it was hard for me to tell. I think it was... Big giant ears or white fluffy tail? White fluffy tail. Cottontails. Cottontails, yeah. yeah. It was just like the sandy color. Yeah. Because when I when the rabbits really come out in droves on our property, yeah. it's generally dusk, the, the, almost night. The cottontails night. will be something like, yeah. you know, around this big with little, little shorter ears. And the jackrabbits want those big ass feet and they have the big yeah. tall ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have a lot of that. We have a lot of... The, most of the rabbits are, I would say, yeah. probably around the three to four pound. Yep, yep. That's cottontails. You know, they're, they're real small, but yeah. there's... So many of them, and we have coyotes like you wouldn't believe. I love it. where I live. There's a lot of coyotes. So I live Ton. in. I I just live in here in Riverside, but I live in this like they call it Canyon Crest. It's like this weird area, mm-hmm. right? And so my house is like um, I it's weird, and I'd have to draw it for you for you to really understand it. But my house. I guess faces like the less busy road, like the neighborhood road, right? Mm-hmm. But the ba- my backyard faces the busy road that people pass used to pass through. But on the yeah. other side of that road is a nature preserve. Right. So at night, you just hear the coyotes yipping and going crazy. Like it's ra- and then if you go down the road a little bit, is this huge giant nature preserve that like connects Riverside to Moreno Valley, mm-hmm. and it's like pretty rad. So there's a lot of coyotes in there, but we get a, we hear them all the time. Really? Yeah, but and we'll especially get- when they're about to get a kill. Oh yeah, you can hear it. You know, because I mean, I well, I used to like um. You know, uh, I, would, I was like a semi-professional hunter, amateur tattoo artist. <laughs> no, but I used to do like some like, I used to do like quail hunting and, and stuff like that, rabbit hunting, you know, coyotes and shit like that um, years ago. And uh, so, you know, you know the sounds that they make, you know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. know what the sound they're doing is. Uh, you'll be like, you'll, you'll suddenly hear them go crazy. I'm like, oh, they got a rabbit or something or somebody's dog. Because <laughs> these people in the neighborhood, like you have that, we have the ring, you know, the yeah. cameras and you always get them. Oh, I seen a coyote. I'm like, motherfucker, you live where they live. <laughs> Leave them alone. Yeah. And don't let your chihuahua out at night without watching it because that's when your chihuahua gets eaten. They ain't eating my dogs. Truth. My, if the, we got a block wall, one. But two, if a coyote ever comes over that wall, my two dogs will fucking kill that thing. There better be eight coyotes over that wall. That's what's going to take my dogs down. We have no dogs. Oh. Hmm. We yeah. just, I just pull out, you know, a 22 gauge air rifle. It's the only thing I can get away with now yeah. on our property because I tried to shoot uh, a 22 gauge and it was too loud and yeah. I was shooting like during at night almost it was yeah, like yeah, dust yeah. night and I was killing things far enough away where I was having a good time yep yep and if you saw where I love you'd be like mm, that was probably a little too serious for this mm, where you live I don't know I like to make bad decisions <laughs> but we had neighbor, I remember we had neighbors call and we had uh, we had one of the local sheriffs pull up on our property and I mean as soon as I saw him I had put the rifle away and he's like, hey, um, we had a report that somebody was uh, shooting guns over here. And I'd just like to know no, if you I know anything about that. I think it was that guy. <laughs> I was like, you know what, man? I, I heard that, too. It sounded really, really close, man. I'm really glad that my neighbor had reported that because it was freaking me out. You might want to ask the neighbors in front of me at the bottom of the hill. And he's oh, so it, 
it didn't come from anywhere close to here. I was like, it's it. I'm not really sure. It was so loud. It sounded close. It sounded. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like it was in my hand. It could have been. <laughs> and so he turns out, well, well, if you see anybody shooting guns, like he was looking sternly at me. If you yeah. see anybody shooting guns around here, you better let them know that they're not allowed to do that. I was like, well, okay, that's that's good, sir. Thanks, good to know. You're also not allowed on my property, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our gate is always open, which I hate. So he he finally leaves, and now you know. I have a 22 air gun, yeah. which is great because now I diesel it and it sounds just as loud, if not louder than the rifle. But when he comes over, I was like, oh yeah, I have it right here. It's an air gun. Yeah. I keep it in this sweet leather sheet that I made on my back <laughs> like the dude off Walking Dead. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's wild though. I didn't know you had such a large uh, property out there. It's getting smaller though because we lease it. We were going to buy it, but uh, the, the new owner... He's doing what I would have done, which is he's starting to build on the unbuilt part of the property. Yeah. He's putting up like a granny flat. Yeah, he's going to start doing subdivided that or whatever they call. Yeah, but when we got through all of the all the stuff with my hands to get back on track, uh, it's when I had recognized that we needed to figure out a way to stabilize our income because mm-hmm. our income is solely based on me being able to produce whatever my two hands can produce and bill for it yeah. at the end of the week. And see, I have a rebuttal to that also, though. So it's what? like, because you're basing that like basically off what we do, but what you're not realizing of what we do is our, our business is an economy-driven business. Motorcycles are a commodity. They're not a necessity. And we've, same we've, here. No, but I mean like, so we're in the same kind of situation from the mm-hmm. big picture standpoint. Mm-hmm. If uh, the economy dumps on us, so does this. You know what I mean? We've all we've kind of all got super comfortable. I'm, and I'm not going to say comfortable, but I'll use that word loosely. But um, because the economy has been good for a, a long minute and we're me and you, there's all these young kids don't remember 2005, 2008 when the economy took a complete shit on everybody. And like, you know, I lost my job. I lost everything I owned. Like same was, here. And yeah. same for me, like when that happened. But the thing is, is, I felt it before everybody else, because what I was doing as a business was still was re- art driven yeah yeah you know i mean like it was called in-house art and what i would do is like murals inside uh-huh. for kids rooms interior remodels for kids rooms yep, and yep. everything was artistically driven you know the only thing i did that was outside of doing kids room remodel stuff was if the owner of that house asked me say hey i have a business i'd like to make a big giant farmhouse table can you build that and then that led to something else that i was doing for a little while but for the most part, anything that I've ever done, when it's creative, it's really not a necessity. But as yeah. soon as as soon as the market started to tank and my clients were pretty much the one percenters yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of our economy, yeah. they were the first ones to start. Bikers. They were the first one to pull up their yeah. They were the first ones to pull up their bootstraps and say, oh, yeah. We're gonna hold on to our spending right now. Oh, and so a lot of my jobs just started falling off the plate. So then it was like I'm gonna do handyman work. One yeah. of the things that made me successful then was when I would do a job and it was a large job, like in, in the midst of a house being built. I would go to the main contractor and the designer, and I would say, hey, listen, if there's anybody on the job site that has not shown up to do their job, or if there's a punch list that I can take care of, or if there's baseboards or molding or yeah. woodworking that I can do to install, and it's small, yep. um, I would love to do that for you for free. I will totally give, I will pay for the materials, and I will you know, give you free labor as long as it doesn't step on anybody's toes and take away from someone else's table to provide. I'll do that for you for free to say thank you for this big job you just gave me. And that's what got my name around. That's cool. Right? Because That's smart. I thought, you know, but it wasn't like I'm thinking marketing strategy. I'm thinking I want to show my appreciation to these two people that just gave me work for my family. So 
that you weren't doing it to try to get self gain out of it. Mm-mm. You were doing it for, strictly for appreciation. Totally. And yeah. I think I think that's what people saw. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, yes, eventually it I got it. more jobs and whatever. More. Like to but, the point of where I would get a phone call and say, AJ, we need you to do this full finish in this house. You're the only one that we're going to be talking to you about this particular project. I'd walk in. I wouldn't even bring my tape measure. They'd say, how much is this job going to be? I was like, what's your footprint? And I would tell them. And then I'd say, okay, it's going to be this much. And then they would hand me a check right there on the spot to go half nice. deposit. So that's what it led to. Yeah. But that didn't last very long. I pretty much had that where I thought I, would, I had made it oh, yeah. for about two years. Yeah. And then right at the end of 2006, as we are transitioning to 2007, yep. I was already crickets. Yeah, done. So I went from that to just fighting for... To be a handyman yeah and then going into where i have now i'm married and one one baby already came and one's already still on the oven yep and i'm like what am i gonna do here because scary very scary i had yeah. sold my i sold my nice big truck i sold my quad i'm like all my toys were just slowly yep. excuse me slowly vanishing yep and at the same time so was my soul I wasn't oh, yeah. doing anything creative. I'm just sitting there literally like, can you fix my light bulb? Can you fix my doorknob? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I can do that just to get some money. You're just working for a living. That's it. Yeah. And the reality was at that time, I was working to zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the time I got to the end of the month. You got nothing left over. Li- nothing. Like literally nothing. Yep. And it, But at the same time, I was refreshed by the fact that I got there. Yep. That, which was a weird thing to be in your head is just like, oh, my God, I finally got to zero. Oh. And, which led to another problem in my own mind because here I have kids and I'm thinking to myself, is this the life I want my children to see? Yeah. Is this the example I want to lead my children in? So, uh, but look at your, you know, like you said, your dad was poor and everything, but look what he taught you from not having everything too. But I didn't know that. Hmm? But see, they don't know that. But they don't know that either. That's right. That's mm-hmm. sort of true. Because Unless my, you told them. My <laughs> daughter. My daughter. I mean, the reality is that's that's for the most part. Kids don't know any different. Kids are resilient I mean, little motherfuckers. We were living in a we were living in a two bedroom house that was six hundred square feet. If you can imagine smashing two bedrooms into six hundred square feet no. with a kitchen, what? and I, trust me, bro. Is that one of those like this is like the first tiny I'm, home? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I, if I could tell you, it was cute for two people, but not oh, for four. And, and then we added two family members to live on our carpet. Six months in, it probably, lo- it probably lost its cuteness even for two people. Mm, yeah, I mean, it was just like, mm, you know, when you... And then we added sisters, sister-in-laws, my wife's sisters, because they had lost their place to live. Yep. So we pulled them in. You know, fam- you can't let family be out there in oh, the cold. Oh, definitely not. So we pulled them in. Next thing you know, it's like, I'm the only guy in a house with three women and, and one kid and one on the way. Oh, and geez. there's pantyhose hanging from everywhere, drying. And uh, like, you know, I remember walking into the bathroom one morning and it was just like, if you could imagine a, a creepy movie and you walk through a bunch of spider webs, that's what it was like. But it was like wet pantyhose. It puts the <laughs> lotion on the skin. <laughs> <laughs> this is not supposed to anyway so yeah there was there was that time in my life where it was just a huge struggle and i, I was trying to determine how Ooh, look at my spit i was trying to determine <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started please don't get me started on that whole thing by the way i love that post that you put out there i was reading it to my wife i was like see he gets it yeah so uh Anyway, so at that point in my life, I was like, this, this, this can't be this way. If I'm struggling to zero doing the thing that I really abhor and I hate, uh-huh. then why not swing at the fences and do something I love to do? Because what's the worst that could possibly happen? I go back to being a handyman and doing the thing I hate again? That's what I say every day of my life. Right? So I was like, at least I need to give it a try. And for, and for the sake of my children, you know, I need to be... I it's need the fear. 
it do it's it the fear time. of not trying it's not the fear of failing see for me what i do it's never the fear of failing i don't give a fuck if i fail the only time i ever learn something in my life is when i fail those are the lessons they take out of everything you know what i mean you don't take lessons from succeeding truth you know what i mean you're just like happy about succeeding and who's not of course you want to succeed you know but the times that i've failed at anything i've ever done is when i've learned how to do it the next time and that's where you actually succeed that's where mastery comes from exactly even like in any skill set any person will tell you like any master of any particular craft whatever whether it's business or art wood metal or leather Anyone will tell you who's a master at their craft. It's not because I was successful. It's no. because I continued to work through my failures. Oh, yeah. And that's been the biggest thing for me. Like even at that time, I felt like I was failing. Yep. In some ways I was a success, uh, but I had come off of something so um, so enormously high. Yeah. And here I am struggling as a handyman. And now I'm like, okay, well, if I'm here, I've got to do something different for my kids. And that's where, that's where the big change happened for us. Yep. So it was my, my wife took a huge chance with me and like I as the relationship well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so because I, I I definitely am the one that is blessed with her because she's she is a hundred percent a ride or die yeah there is yeah. no doubt about it yeah. like no doubt whatsoever I'll, I'll never forget the fact that she stuck with me after her parents to my face told me three times you're not for our daughter wow three times to my face you're not for our daughter oh, at wow. all like there's no way you're ever going to be with her you're not even right. You've already, they were beyond conservative, like uber conservative. Because of the gingerness? I mean, you could say that. You could say the tattoos, but it was also- Or, because, or it's that meme that they've seen that says gingers have no souls. It was some of that too. <laughs> some of that too. Yeah. Some of that. That's crazy though. That's wild. And yeah. now, now, I mean, is your relationship with her parents good now? Or they still don't like you? But, no, I mean, one of them lives with me. Okay. So we brought, The funny thing was, is that even through the time of- even through the time of where there's still a lot of striving with uh-huh. them, uh, when we moved into this big house, they had nowhere to go. He lost his job. Yep. He had literally, they were living in a hotel. Oh, we brought them into our house. Yeah. So for us, it was like, definitely for me, you know, even was, though with the anger. It was, it was a little like, what's up now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there was that. I'm in not lo- going to lie. In love, in love. In love. But what's up now? Yeah. How I mean, you, and there was. How you like me now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because you, you didn't no, go I, anywhere else. I hear you, man. You I, know, I know exactly. I brought you what... in after you told me no. Yep. Who's saying yes to you now? Yep, yep. But I remember that um, before all that, uh, I I remember very definitively that in this time period, I would go to this place called the Indian Store. Uh-huh. And at this Indian store, they had all kinds of Native American stuff, artifacts, artwork, beads, everything. And in the very back corner, they had this leather craft area. And for whatever reason... And, I was attracted to it, like oh. heavily attracted. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've never uh, been to your place yet. I yeah. planned to go there. I was supposed to go last year, and it just whatever that day did not work out. But uh, when I seen all your leather tools in uh, Four Corners, Durango, I was like, ooh. Oh, I know. We got to play a little uh-huh. bit. That would look. I mean, it just it looks. I mean, I love watching your videos and stuff because you're, you know, have the camera, you know, and it's just just watching your what you do, your craft. One, it gets, you know. Obviously, you have a lot of time and a lot of uh, uh, practice, and, and you know yeah. you're so it looks so effortlessly, but you're creating such rad stuff. I remember when you sent me that um, bike that you painted, and you're like, "I'm not a bike painter." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? This shit's amazing, <laughs> dude!" Dude, I still to this day like there are times when I when I'll step off a project and I'm like, "This wasn't even me." Uh, 
this uh, wasn't even me. And you know, I, I, I completely understand that. Like, um, again, you know, I can see that from like an artist perspective. Like when you, it's hard sometimes I think, cause I, sometimes I think when you have a job, like a commission job by something and you're so micromanaged to what they want, it's probably not as fun for you. Right. Yes and no. I, tr- I mean, I find the passion in everything that I do when it comes to artwork. That's good. But it, yeah, um, there are times when even when you're doing something you passionately love, it still feels like a job at times. Oh, definitely. You Whenever know? I get tattooed, and I've been doing this now for, fuck, 15 years or so. Whenever I get tattooed, I worked, you know, like I said, I worked in some tattoo shops. Mm-hmm. I used to have like a private student at the house. I've never been the greatest or anything, but I could get down, you know. But I had a lot of friends who were really, really good tattoo artists. And when I would get tattooed, I would say, well, what do you feel like doing? Because for me, I don't want, I'm not really looking for something specific. I, sometimes I have an idea and I'm like, do your thing with this. Yeah. But I'm, for me, I'm collecting your art. Like I want to come to you and collect your art. So I want you to have some, do something fucking so fun today, you know, that you're like, fuck yeah, let's fucking tattoo this guy. Yeah, that's why I love doing, you know, when, when Dinah Days, uh, partnering with you guys on Dinah Days to do the trophies, to me, that is an opportunity for me to like stretch my wings yeah. and I look forward to it vehemently. Yeah. Like I get so excited about Dinah Days. What does that word mean? Vehemently? Never heard it in my life. Are you kidding me? Is that like airborne? <laughs> like COVID-19? <laughs> uh, like uh, passionately almost. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, strongly. Yeah. Passion drives. I mean, passion drives what I do every day. Yeah. I love what I do. I fucking love. My worst day here is better than the best day of any job I've ever had in my life. You know what I mean? I agree, man. Like, there's not been a day in my life. There, I mean, there are days when I'm bummed, but it's oh. also because those days when I'm bummed is because either my wife will say, hey, we have not built anything for two weeks and I got to get uh, this yeah, fire exactly. to put in my butt. Or there are days when I'm having absolute highs, like the day that I, I cut my hand wide open uh-huh. because I had done something in leather that I had never done before. And it... I killed it for myself yeah and yeah. i was excited to show my wife those are days for me on projects and i call those my omakase projects never you, heard that before do you eat sushi i do and you've never heard of the word omakase i don't speak japanese <laughs> <laughs> go next time you go have sushi uh-huh. you just let them know it's omakase what is that is that like it means that the chef gets to make whatever he uh, wants for I you i was like plate. i'm from the streets now it means do it for yourself oh nice yeah that's cool. I like that term now. Yeah, it is honestly, I have to say, um, Brandon from Maleo Knives really introduced me into that because I work with a really, really badass knife company. They make some of the most, the best blades. That's the for one chefs. that you've been uh, working with lately, right? And you've been making for a the, long uh, time. The, the sharpening, the the okay, strops. I just recently seen it, but yeah, they're they called strops. Yeah, strops. They just take the AA. They work with strops. <laughs> strops. <laughs> yeah, they work with knives, but um, barbers can use them too. Um, we're just starting to learn how barbers can use them because okay. in general i think barbers use their their knives are just like brandon's blades they're single-sided uh-huh. they're sharpened on one side and barbers will spend so much money on these shears three four five six hundred thousand six hundred thousand six hundred <laughs> to a thousand yeah so yeah. i've seen some very expensive shears but they don't sharpen them they'll usually have someone else sharpen them yeah, for yeah, yeah. them but there's a lot of care that you can do in between the sharpening that will allow them to cut like maintain butter, longer maintain yeah yeah so there's been a crossover that, that with a couple of barbers that that we're working with to show them how to sharpen a single-sided blade and how they can pull their shears off or, or apart most of the expensive shears you can pull apart and then you will be able to strop your blade so that one you don't have to pay for sharpening 
as often. And two, you polish your blade so that when it cuts something, it cuts like butter every single time. Oh, wow. And there's there's no better cut than cutting with something that's incredibly sharp. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So that's what we're learning for. And that's that goes back to creating products for me based on my experiences. We want to create things that are more in a need, yep. right? That can create a uh, an income that's constantly yeah. coming that's not re- that's not necessarily reliant on my physical two hands to make yeah. it no i completely understand that i mean uh, uh paul from bare knuckle performance he's kind of said the same thing you know when he designs a product yeah he designs it to basically fix an issue right you know well, that's that, smart that, it's not just a um it's not not just something pretty on your bike it's something that actually does something you yeah. know what i mean so it's like well why don't you make this for this bike well because that bike doesn't have the same issue so it makes it a little more difficult. Of like, course. Um, and that's all, like, you know, I, I can use as a, a great example, Outlet Art, they make that shift, uh, uh, mid-control shift linkage piece, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 this is my experience with it years ago when, the like, I, I had the stock one. It's got rubber bushings in it, right? So it's actually a slop in it. Theirs have, like, heim joints, and it's, like, solid bolted, right? Mm-hmm. But when I first got it, I just thought it was, like, a beauty piece, you know? It's going to look way cooler on my bike. <laughs> that fucking thing makes such an insane difference on the way your bike shifts and stuff, mm-hmm. and you never really realize that, but that's also fixing an issue. Now you're getting rid of those rubber grommets and you don't have anything there to fail anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like stuff like that. So it is, you know, creating something that that fixes an issue, like I've said 15 times now, um, definitely makes it, you know, a, a, a pliable, um, you know, product you know yeah. because uh it's it's hard well you know? that, that I want, and i uh, you know for me my vision is always to be able to grow to a place where i can provide jobs for people in my community yeah same i, I want i that's like, the same how i think i i in my i'll never forget when i was a kid my mom as a family you know i was raised in uh what do you call them like uh assisted living homes right so our house that i grew up in my mom turned she had a handful of extra rooms i mean we lived in a big house but it was filled with old folks yeah yeah yeah. and so my my parents besides being a a flight attendant for american airlines full-time and my dad having his own um really well build up construction small construction business that kind of thing they also did this full-time hustlers all the time all the time right um and so I was raised with that. And I'll never forget that one time we went down to the coast and there was a Circle K and I just had to have the new Garbage Pill Kids. Oh, yeah. And I went down there. Stinky Stan. Oh, dude, let me tell you, <laughs> I was a collector. Oh, yeah. So we went down there and I remember there was this dude, we were playing with his kids and there was this dude sitting with his flip flops and, you know, total surfer type, but yeah, he yeah. just looked dirty and he sm- he didn't smell good. Yeah. Um, it's that, it, ye- that yeast, man. It's... <laughs> For, yeah, leavened bread. Yeah. So, uh, so he, he 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 was standing there playing with his kids. My mom asked him, you know, where do you live? Can I? It's getting late. Can we take? He's like, oh, we're staying in a tent on the beach. And so my mom sat down with him and talked to him for a little while. And he's he said something to my mom that triggered her. And it was, I'm not looking for a handout. I'm looking for a leg up. Yep, yep. You know what I mean. I just need somebody to take a chance on me so I can I can get a job and I can get us out of the situation. Yeah. And I'll never forget my mom stood up and she said, are you going to be here in 15 minutes? He's like, yeah, we'll be here in 15 minutes. He's like, D-. she said, don't go anywhere. We went back. We made sandwiches, hot chocolate, all kinds of stuff. 
we brought it down in a box. He was still there. And we gave it to him. He was crying. And my mom said, be here at this address. Call me tomorrow. If you need somebody to come pick you up, we're going to come pick you up. You have a job. Wow. You have a job tomorrow. You start tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Don't you, be late. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it was just like, it was the, the like that moment was mm-hmm. so huge for me as a child to see that. Oh, yeah, I bet. I was like, that's what, if I have any success... I want my, I want to create a situation where my kids get to see the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If I eat, my people eat. That's right. That's, that's kinda, right, dude. That's, I mean, for me, it's it's a, like kind of a mantra that I have. It's called raising the tide. Yep. You know what same, I mean? Same. I want to raise the tide for everybody around yep. me. And Rising I feel tide like- floats all boats, man. Exactly. And the thing for me more than anything is, is I want to tell people to chase after their passion. Definitely. Right? Because the one thing that I've learned is you're guaranteed failure doing the things that you hate to do. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, you'd agree with that. Oh, definitely. But if you do the thing- like for me, I was chasing after doing something that I love to do and things were opening effortlessly, right? But now I'm doing this handyman work. I don't like to do handyman work. No. I was doing it to make ends meet. Yeah. But as I was, like I, I had the ideas of being really successful as a handyman and employing other people. I still tried, I wanted to apply the same ideals, yep. but it wasn't working for me. I was trying to open doors. They weren't open. They were not budging, right? Yeah. And you so, couldn't fix them. <laughs> and they were doors I could not <laughs> fix. I could install that door, but I sure yep. still couldn't open it. So then... uh all of a sudden, as I'm doing chasing after my passion, right, is the art form now in leather, yep. doors are effortlessly opening for me, and they're just coming to me. I'm still having to put in the work, and I'm still being challenged, oh, yeah. but now it's not like I'm having to create a door to walk through. Yeah. The doors are there, and they're opening for me. You love putting in the work. And I love it, man. And yeah. so they just they keep coming. So for me, that has been my mantra for my kids to see, because when they come to a point where they get of age, where they're going to chase after their passion, that they're at their crossroads in that moment to make a decision. Am I going to chase after my passion? Yep. Or am I going to just do things to make ends meet yeah. and go that nine to five route? Yeah. I'm hoping that they say, I saw my dad chase after his passion. And even if I fail, and I mean yeah. like I fail miserably. Oh, yeah, exactly. The fact that they saw me do this, that they will say, my dad did it. I'm going to give it a try. It's and achievable. that's all I need. I just need them to see that I tried. And even if I failed, the fact that I would made that decision to try, yep. that's what I want. And that's what I want to tell other people to do. Because yeah. I feel like, and I know this about you, Steve. I know this about you, man. Because I've seen you get so excited oh, I get about excited. the life that you live yep. that everyone else around you is infected by it. Right? Just like COVID-19. <laughs> so... So for me, that's the thing. I want to tell other people, chase after your passion because you get excited oh, yeah. and other people around you get excited. That tide is starting to raise. Yep. And what's going to happen? They may not go, well, I'm going to be a bricklayer because he's so excited about laying bricks. Yeah. But they're, he's going to probably say, man, the fact that he's chasing after passion, I really actually, I want to be a plumber or I want to be an electrician. Oh, yeah. Like that's something I'm really passionate about. I want to be the best one. The best one. And yeah. I want to do it differently. And I want to provide a service that no one's ever experienced before. And I want to, yeah. I actually want to smell good when I show up to your door. Right. So, I mean, those are the things. Mike Diamond. That, right? I mean, who, who doesn't like it? So that's what I'm saying. For me, is is t- trying to tell people to chase after it. Oh, yeah. Chase after it with everything you get, everything you have, so that the people around you will just follow it and just yeah. be excited by it and be lifted by it. Because how much happier are the people around you just being around you? I would say when I'm around you, man, I feel like I'm walking on a bed of flowers. Wow. I know. I'm blushing right now. You should be. Oh. <laughs> no, so. I know. I, I, it's funny because my mindset is completely the same. You know, one, I, my like idea for what we do here um, has always been to help other people uh, make money, employ 
I want to employ people. I, I hope one day that we have 10, 15, 30 fucking employees and I don't know what to do with myself and everybody's succeeding and we're helping families provide and like all that kind of stuff because, you know, that's one thing that what I've just always had that idea for this company. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in my, or I think our mindsets are very similar though because I'm always to the same thing. A rising tide floats all boats, you know? 100%. Um, I am a competitive person and I know that. And I honestly, this funny thing is like I was never a sports player or anything like that. I drank beer a lot when I was in high school you um, don't say yeah and uh <laughs> so i never really realized how competitive i was right. until i started doing this and you know again um i've i've had to try to you know pull my own brain out of the gutter sometimes and say like you know like because i'll get competitive with things i shouldn't be getting competitive with right and i have to like say no stop be competitive with yourself that's perfectly fine and it, you know friendly competition with other brands that we work with is always fine you know what i mean but again we're still helping them and there's, you know what I mean? It's still this trade off, you know what I mean? Um, but it's, I've always just wanted to like help people like, you know, Dylan, you know, uh, my guy that does all our customer service, a lot of people that call here, talk to him on the phone, emails, you know, um, I took a chance on that guy, you know what I mean? And I'm so happy I did. He's fucking, he's a ruler. You that know chance I mean? paid off. Yeah. He kills it, man. Like, you know, um, but at the same time, man, he's also looking to you because just, just like what I'm saying, like he's watching you, right? Because if he's the first person for people that represents your brand, yep. he's looking to you for that representation yep. and you being in your passion, you yeah. doing what it is that you love to do, that that infects him yep. and affects him. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he's looking to you, man, and he's so happy. He's always smiling. He loves what he does. He knows the product well. He knows these other brands. Yep. So what is he going to want to do? He's going to emulate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And yep. then the things that he loves will be introduced into that and so it'll become his own personal thing yep. but he represents your brand with just a little bit of different flavor yeah yeah exactly yeah because when i when i was hiring somebody you know i was hiring somebody that uh, definitely needed more mm, i had a higher criteria sheet than he he had right but uh he was like already a customer of ours and he'd come in here a few times and we'd talk you know i talked to everybody that comes in for the most part um and uh he just came in one day he rode his bike he had his resume in his hand and he's like hey I saw your hiring. I know I don't meet those qualifications. Here's my resume. I'm like, all right, I'll look at it, you know. And then a, a few, like I think it was like two weeks, you know, me and my, me and my wife discussed it or whatever. You know, and I think I want to give him a chance. And I told him, I said, you're going to come in, you know. How about you start on Monday? Um, you know, it's kind of like a trial period to see if it works out. And he's all cool because I already quit my job. <laughs> and I was like, he's all one way or another. Wow. I wasn't working here no more. He was a manager at a sandwich shop around here. And he's like, I started as a dishwasher three years later. I'm the manager and I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'm just done. I don't love it. I don't, you know. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, man, he kicks ass, dude. You How know? many jobs has he had prior to being here, you know? Uh, not that many, I don't believe, you know. Um, but he's had some life experiences cool. You know, he's toured a little bit with bands and whatnot, you know. I've had a shit ton of jobs personally. And, you know, Otto from Bitwell always tells me, you know, you're just dumb enough not to quit. <laughs> and it's true. I know that. You know what I mean? And I, it, I've personally have never... I've only had probably two jobs. Oh man, I have where a someone else paid me a w through W two. One, oh. I worked at a deli and I was a sandwich maker. I made sandwiches, which I love doing that. And uh, I remember when the owner came over to me and I had only been there for about four weeks. And he comes over, he's like, "Man, I've never met so many buddy that has so many friends. Do you know all the people that you make sandwiches for?" I was like, "No, I just meet them here." He's like, "You know, but they know you by first name. They call you by first name." I was like. I just love making sandwiches, man. And then they they have a 
very special way that they want their sandwich, and I just know to have it ready. Yeah, that's cool. And that was just something I was just really in tune to because there was there was nothing more satisfying to me than when I made something with my hands, yep. including food. It's art. And they loved it, yep. and they would say, oh, my God. Like, when I get the, mm, yep. uh, you know, all that stuff, yep. where it sounds like sex in the mouth, that's, sex when, in I was, the mouth. that's when I was like, I nailed it. Yep. <laughs> it's creating something, though. Yeah, it felt good. You know, I love creating, too. That's why we do so much content. That's why we do this podcast. Like, you know what I mean? That's why we do all the video stuff. Yeah. I love creating. It's so much fun for me. You know what I mean? That's what, like... You know, sitting behind a computer, working on the website, working on bikes and stuff. I mean, I love all that too, but there's times, you know, it's sometimes I guess you can go into like autopilot. You're not really, um, sometimes maybe you're not using your brain the way you want to use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the creating part, like this right now, just sitting here talking, you know what I mean? We're, we're creating something. Like this is content. You know, that's, for me, that's what I love. I love doing this stuff too, man. And the yeah. fact that there's even people that want to listen to our two nasally voices. Oh yeah, it's weird. Drives me nuts. It's the, some of the stuff like, um... I, I mean, I've I've signed autographs for like people, you know, like that crazy. Show, and I'm like, why? Yeah, but so for it's, you, it's just weird. But you, you're so recognizable. That's because I do dumb shit on the internet, and you're and you're fun to watch. Okay. Yeah. For me, you have to understand something. Being a ginger with a beard in Southern California, <laughs> you're a target. I, well, yeah. <laughs> if you are a if you are a fan of the Dodgers, yeah. Do you know where I'm headed with this? No. Nope. You don't? I don't know baseball. You, well, me neither. I know who the Dodgers I, are. Okay, so there's a there is a very famous ginger who plays on the do, on the Dodgers. Oh, okay. Is his name Mike Trout? That's the only baseball player's name I know. Justin Turner, I Timberlake? think. Timberlake? Uh yeah, it might as well be <laughs> to me. But every I mean pff, Eric from Espinosa, he did this to me. Uh-huh. He did he was the first person that did it and like really made a thing of it, right? So we were born free, and you know, like at the pre-party uh-huh. on Fridays, there was a, a big line to get into the bathroom. No. And so I had just come out, right? And Eric was standing there in a line. Shut up. I ain't lying, dude. I can, I As I'm walking around the corner full of people, and there was a bunch of ladies that were standing there too. And he goes, Justin Turner in the house. Like that. No. Like just like that. Just kind of like he was trying to make it so nobody could see him do that, right? And so then I immediately... Turned and I looked at him because he had said something to me about it the yeah, before. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, You knew what was happening. Yeah, yeah. So I was just kind of like, you know, I gave him Did the burn and walked off. Yes. Did you sign any boobies? Instantly, it was just like, I heard people go, Oh my God, that was Justin Turner. Oh my God. So I started hearing that and I'm like, Uh, and then. Well, because you guys all kind of look the same. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> come on. Not that much. <laughs> I consider myself a wild unicorn when it comes to gingers, but you are a beautiful specimen. I f- I feel so. I mean, I I have I have a definitely a nice frolic. Yeah, your beard is probably one of the nicest beards out right now. Thank you. I hot iron it. Do you? I really do. I I I, I want. I to see look those. Decent. Yeah, they make that shit. I I can never. I don't know. I'm, no, I mean like legit hot iron. No, not I, not like this like Russian import comb thing. Oh, okay. Like I legit hot. Like I, I have I burns under my chin. Oh yeah, I ain't about that life. <laughs> my my wife's the first one that did it to me. She's like, "We need to hot iron your beard because it looks ugly." Well, I like how it's all like cut, like to like so it like has that nice like wizard taper. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, because one day, my whole my my ideal image is that I get old and I look like Zeus. Oh yeah, you're gonna be buff. Uh, you know, well, I mean, Zeus buff. I don't so know. Zeus is buff, man. He is buff. He's right? buff, dude. I think I was, you'll probably be more like Gandalf. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'll, that's still, I mean, that's, I think you might have leveled up right there. I kind of think so. <laughs> I mean, either, I mean, or sidestepped. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean Zeus. Maybe a lateral move. <laughs> yeah. But Gandalf so, can do more, you know. Zeus has lightning bolts. Yeah, but, you know, he's a demigod. Uh, is he, no, not, no, he's a full god, I thought. Oh, he's one. Oh, yeah, Thor's I think you're right. god. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, so, See, you know yeah. more about that stuff than I do. Oh, I collected comic books as a kid. I'm not saying, for first off, just, I'm not saying I want to be a god. I just. The but appearance. He, he resembles one. That's all yeah, we're saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like in life, everything. Yeah, I'm just. I'm that guy. Yeah, but you got to be something. Yeah, if, if I'm gonna be anything. One of the things I think is, is funny I, with the social media and stuff, and like all the media crap that we do. I think my phone broke or dead or something. Um, I'm sure mine is. It is uh, when people meet me at shows and stuff. They're like, "You're just like you are on the internet." And I th- and I and I and I look at it, I'm like okay yeah I guess I'm in the Dyna game you know and the Dyna game is notorious for like fucking tall socks and like tough guy fucking mentality and shit and I'm the dumb fat guy in the corner telling dick and fart jokes you know and like fucking <laughs> you know sticking his finger between you know between some dude's butt cheeks and shit yep. and it's like no yeah I'm just that dumb like I didn't try to find like an internet persona I'm really this fucking stupid this is who I am yeah you know and it's um. I don't know. I, I think that it's lost today. Like people don't quite know who they are or what they, you know. Identity, I feel like people now, especially more so now, is identity is a huge issue, especially with young kids because they don't know they don't know who to be. I mean, I could go on and on and on just about identity alone within the social dynamics of our youth. But uh, for me, I feel like social media is not making it any easier for kids to figure out who they are and, and set a foundation that's really firm in their identity because of it. I see it with my kids. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're right now, my kids, my youngest kid is four, my oldest is 10, and I have four. So most of the, my kids are into YouTube. Yeah, my kids are too. And I just basically, I, I put a stop to wa- them watching commentary of guys or girls doing makeup Yeah, and doing commentary on makeup or guys and girls who do commentary on video games of kids crashing vehicles or whatever. To yeah. me, that is just a lame waste of time and that does nothing for you. No, men- to, yeah, mentally it's, it's... Nothing. It's just it's just well, it's either, But even like just all of it, like the cartoons now that kids watch... It's like Ugh. all this flashy lights and stupid shit that, you know, I, and, 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 you know, adults like it too, but I've seen like what that Rick and Morty or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit, man? What happened to like gummy bears and like X-Men? You know what I mean? Those are the good cartoons. Dude, I, I actually just, re- there's a- Captain wh- Planet. That was a terrible one though, dude. What? I mean, that was terrible. That's, that's why, that's why I recycle. <laughs> yeah man not me man i couldn't captain planet did not have have my attention half for a little bit but i just was like no nope. i mean cartoons now are fucked though i mean it, it, i always feel like they're just trying to get these kids to have epileptic seizures you know to, i watch it, it's just flashy lights and dumb shit yeah and doing yeah i probably like it because the humor is right on my level but i just can't deal with it you know what i mean i i literally i just i uh, i lose myself i i wilt like a flower when i watch the new cartoons i actually i'll I'll put on my kids i'll say watch popeye watch oh yeah looney tunes looney tunes early looney tunes yeah that was the good shit that was the stuff that i thought was interesting oh yeah to me those are those are the ones i grew up it's not entertaining for kids anymore my kids seem to like it okay yeah but it doesn't hold them as much 
No, yeah, because there's so much, like um, this stuff, you know, iPads, phones, there's so much happening that grasps your attention now that the stuff that grasped our attention because it was watch Tom and Jerry all play in the mud pit you made yesterday. You know what I mean? Those were your two options. And Tom and Jerry was like, fuck yeah, that, that dude's going to get hit with a hammer. This is going to be awesome. You know what I mean? And now it's like there's just so much entertainment, like so much to like capture um, their, you know, their attention that that, that stuff that we liked is just not as entertaining. I mean, it, honestly. And it's the same when you really like watch old movies. Like, let's be honest, you know, like older Robocop. Let's, that movie's great. It's not as entertaining as John Wick, but it's great. You know what I mean? Like, Truth. it's just, you know, again, it's that evolution you know what I mean? Evolution of technology, evolution of just uh, everything as a whole. And then, you know, I, you know, I'm bored every 20 seconds. I'm a fucking child. Well, you're ADHD like I am. Hey, I've never been diagnosed though. I'm diagnosing you. Oh, Dr. Okay. Redbeard just diagnosed you Dun with ADHD. Do I get like, what do I get for that? You probably are going to get like a koozie. Juniper root. You'll get a koozie. <laughs> Some essential oils. <laughs> yeah. And a koozie. I'm That's just going to cool. give you something for your drink. That's, That's I it. Like, I like where this is going. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can drink together too. Yeah. I'll light some candles. Oh, wow. This is... Kind of <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, where, where do you want this to go? Barry White. <laughs> he just said bear rug. Bear rug. <laughs> he said bear rug fire. <laughs> that, oh. That's all I'm hearing. I translated that real quick. <sighs> that's what I, Did you see what I posted on the way up here? I said, hey, I put my best underwear on. <laughs> Prove it. It's the cleanest. It's the cleanest <laughs> out of the dirty ones. I got my cleanest dirty shirt on. <laughs> I'm like, a dirt bag, man. I, I, I mean, I come here every single day, so... I don't feel the need to put on clean jeans every single day. Hey, if you can, if you were to just literally show up, there are days when I'm scrambling when people just show up. You're just working um, in your underwear. Uh, there, there's been, uh, dude. <laughs> there's this. Okay, so for real, a friend of mine, Rick, he comes over. Rick Ortiz. Um, Shout out. Yeah, a little bit. And he came over one day, and we're. I mean, it's, it's my boy. You know yeah, what I yep. mean? Like whatever. You see me in box. We've we've done rides together and done some stuff. So it's not that big a deal. And we just got back from Laughlin, and he comes over late at night to pick something up. I didn't know his wife was with him. Oh yeah. So I was like, hey man, no matter. I was just like, I'm upstairs, and uh, yeah, I'll come right down. I'm you know I got a t-shirt and boxers on. I only throw my slippers on. Boxer and- shorts or boxer briefs. No, like boxers, like open, totally like this is. Yep. Were the, the loose ones, the shorts, boxer super shorts. loose, like no yep. buttons in the fly either. You cut the hole open a little bit more, wide open, <laughs> like everything, like you could see the fire. So, <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm sitting here, we're talking, and I'm sh- showing him stuff, whatever. Here comes his wife waddling in to what? to to the to the thing, and I'm standing there. I felt I seriously felt like a Sasquatch caught in the middle of the woods. I just like mid stance. I just stopped like this, and I'm looking at her like, uh. So I immediately dropped my hands down around myself. You know what I'm like? And I looked down. I'm like, yeah, those are definitely the open boxers. <laughs> those don't have the button. <laughs> and so I kind of like. I mean, I am so red in the face, man. Honestly, I look like a peppermint patty. So I, I walk over to my little chair and I'm standing in front of the chair and Rick is laughing too and he's blushing because he knows like I'm damn near naked with with some uh, flip flops <laughs> on or whatever. And this lady's looking at me and when she finally realizes I'm just standing there in my boxers, <laughs> in my underwear, right? Literally in my underwear. Yeah. She was just like, uh... <laughs> I, I'm going to go outside and wait. Yeah, but me, I'm trying to have a normal conversation with her. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, hey, how you doing? Yeah, so, um, uh, she's like, so how's everything going? I was like, everything's good in it, but I... 
I stopped realizing in mid conversation that I'm still in my underwear. And so I remember I'd like tried to go show her something. And as I turned around, my boxer fly just comes wide open. <laughs> I showed her too much. Yeah. And then just as I turn around, I kind of get like over the shoulder. I look at her and she is immediately looking away with her eyes closed. And I look down, I'm like, Oh, Hey, there that is. <laughs> Don't act like you're not impressed. <laughs> You've seen it all. <laughs> so how, I mean, how did you make the transition, I guess, to going from doing all this artistic stuff and pumpkin patches into just completely focused, basically? I mean, you do a lot of leather stuff for um, uh, wallets, uh, you know, custom seats for motorcycles. How did that happen, and how did you pick up the medium of leather? Well, like I was... And let's see how many times we can get off track of that subject. Wow, because I... <laughs> Because I know we've touched on this at least 10 times already. Uh-huh. Um, so there has always been a love for it. Uh-huh. You know, I, I said, I remember early on someone asked me this question. I said there was a transition from Dukes of Hazard to Chips. Yep, yep. Remember the show? Yep. Oh, yeah. So I was really into cars as I was growing up. That was my Dukes of Hazard oh, yeah, phase. Yeah, yeah. Really into cars. Rat Rods as I got older. Yep. Then, um, you know chips for me there was this huge transition into motorcycles and i'd go to these shows and i was just in love with looking at art uh-huh. but then i saw leather artists you know that would make custom chaps and all this other stuff and so i'd look at that and i, I would get kind of the warm and fuzzy that it was a kind of something different art being on a different medium and i get excited about that and so then uh as i got older you know, it faded away. Everything from China and $20 helmets and $50 chaps, it, yep. it, like all that stuff went away. And so you didn't see those guys out there anymore. And then all of a sudden I come into this Indian store that's got leather stuff and I was just so blown away by it. And I was like reading the bottles and looking at bones and here's the scraps of leather and the smell and the whole thing. It just, yeah. it was so visceral that it, it just, it grabbed me, you know, yep. and it didn't let me go. And um, I'll never forget the day that I walked in there uh, this was after I had a day at church and there was a, a pastor there that he had shared something with me that was very spiritual and very, I don't want to say private because I do tell some people about that part of the story, but he had given me what we would call a word, right? Mm-hmm. He just had something for me to reflect on and it was very powerful and it had stimulated me to say, I need to go back to that Indian store. Yeah. So I went into the Indian store and I got some stuff. Uh, there's this guy named Dave that was behind the counter. He didn't know much about leather. Mm-hmm. He was kind of learning himself. And so I said, Dave, I can't tell you anymore, man. You got to show me how to do something. And he says, okay, uh, well, you need to get some of this vegetable he, town leather. Here's how you buy it. Yeah. Swipe your card here. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, well, there's some scraps right there. Go into that bin yep, and yep. grab some scraps. So I, I, I got a scrap. I went down to the front of the store, paid for it, went back to the back of the store and said, now what? And he goes, well, you got you to gotta get the leather wet. Excuse me. I said, okay. And so, you know, we sprayed some some water on the leather and we got it wet. I said, now what? And he goes, well, you got to draw onto the leather, you know, just draw something. And I said, okay. So I draw like a weird skull and I don't know, something stupid. And uh, now what? He's like, well, just take these tools and you kind of like pound out your image, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, uh, and he gave me two tools that now I know you're not supposed to use those tools for what I was doing with it. So I'm on my hands and knees, kind of like on the table that you have here. Right, but I'm on my hands and knees working on the corner of it. Mm-hmm. And he gives me this mallet that's like a plastic kind of a mallet, real cheap. And I'm 
doing my thing. And I'm just so laser focused on what I'm doing. There is nothing going on around me. A bomb could have hit yeah. and I never would have even heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in that kind of space. And apparently there was like the people in the store, they started hearing the, the banging around like the, you know, elves in the workshop. Yep, yep. They start standing behind me. Oh, so shit. like a crowd had formed, right? <laughs> so then I get done with doing this thing and I look up at Dave and I throw it up in the air, you know, like I'm raising my hand at a kid at school. I'm like, Dave, I think I'm done. I think I'm done, right? And I'm all excited. Well, all of a sudden this dude standing behind me is like, bro, that is so amazing. Wow. Oh my God, how long have you been doing leather for? And I'm like, right Ex now, like Exactly right six now. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it happened right now. So we put a little bit of color on it and, and I save it and I'm thinking I'll, you know, I'll make it a keychain or something, you know? Yep. Well, then that leads to the very next conversation happened right after that was, well, where do I get my stuff? He goes, well, we get our stuff from Tandy Leather and it's in this catalog. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, what is that? Like Texas, Alabama, where, where are they out of? And he goes, well, actually they have a location that's just an hour south of here. Yeah. And I'm like, as in, in San Diego County? He goes, yes, where they send their stuff up for, for us. I was like, no way. So he calls them. And then they say that they're open for like another hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm on my way. So I jam down there, right? I get in there. There's this commercial. You remember the store Circuit City? Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of people do. But there oh. was this one commercial that really explains how I reacted in the moment that I opened the doors to this place the first time. And in this commercial at Circuit City, there's a husband and a wife. And this is like during the holidays, right? So they get the doors slide open and he stands there and he's like deer in headlights, drops his arms, right? And then there's this employee standing on the other side of him. And then all of a sudden she says something to him to get his name and he's already taken off. He's running down the aisles. He's so excited to be in Circuit City, bangs into the employee. The employee throws up a bunch of paperwork. Well, that was my reaction. I get in there and I'm stunned. The smell of the leather just it it's it's just like Pepe Le Pew with the fingers oh, and the yeah, perfume, yeah, you know, yeah. and like it just pulled me right in. And then I'm looking around, and there's all this leather and the tools and everything. It's wall to wall everywhere, right? And so as I'm walking through there, I'm literally mystified by all this leather stuff that I've never seen before. All these metal parts, these rivets, these grommets, the sharp tools, the blades, the bones, everything. I mean it was just I was lost in it. Yeah. As I'm walking around the aisles, now that I'm de like I'm starting to de I'm coming down I'm demystifying. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I'm looking at price tags oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh man, I that's can't. where it's demystifying you right there. <sighs> yeah, instant stun, and I'm like, oh, I can't afford none of this. We're literally two weeks from paying rent. I only got five hundred and eighty-six dollars in my account or something yeah. like that, which I didn't know at the time. Seventy-five but I knew it was cents very, available. <laughs> very little. Yeah. I had twenty dollars in my pocket. That's what I knew for sure that we had. Right. I've got one here and one on the way. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, this ain't happening. Like instantly hope lost. Jesus. Gone. Nothing left. It just pulled out, rolled a goose egg. So, <laughs> uh, as I'm walking around, I'm looking at stuff and I, I know I can't afford it. And I'm talking to this lady. She's kind of, she's like the salty old lady that I could just imagine had like 13 cats at home and she has a name for every single one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I talked to her. I was like, is, is there anything I can do to get started that's not $300? She goes, well, we got this kit for 180 and it's got all the tools you need to start with some like little sample pieces. And I was like, I can't afford that. And everything, nothing was making sense to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
I walk outside and I call my wife and it was in this fit. I call my wife. I said, babe, um, I'm not going to explain myself right now. How much money do we have in our account? She goes like $586 and change. I said, okay, I need you to move it all over to the checking account. And she goes, what? I said, I need you to move it all over to the checking account. I just want you to trust me. I have a gun. <laughs> and I'm going to spend all, all of it. Wow. And she gets off the phone, says, okay. Now, granted, I didn't know when she got off the phone, she was in a fit of crying. So she gets off the phone. I get a text, done. So I go inside, and there was the fear kind of went away for a minute. And long enough for me to make some dumb decisions, yep, right? Yep, yep. So I walk in there and I was like, hey, um, so what is it, the bare necessities that I need to like make, say, uh, bracelets? Because now I'm starting to think, how am I going to yeah. make some money back? Yep. So how can I make some bracelets? She goes, well, you're going to need this and this and the tools. And I was like, okay, so put put this together for me. She's like, so she takes me around the store and she starts grabbing stuff off the thing. And we're starting to make like a little pile in front yep. of the register. And now I'm thinking, okay, well, I need leather, Right. And the leather by itself was 250, 300 bucks, Oof. right? So I'm like, okay. And I look around and I see uh, like what looks like a bag lady uh-huh. kind of ro- stroller with the with the welded metal squares and little sh- crappy wheels. Yeah. And there's a bunch of scraps inside of it. And I'm like, what about that? She goes, uh, uh, we can't sell that. I was like, but it's scraps, right? She goes, yeah, it's from our classes. I was like, but could you sell it? She goes, well, yeah, I guess if I just gave it a number. I was like, well, could you give it a number? Like five. And she's like, I, yeah, go ahead. Just she's, She eventually just said, go ahead, grab what you want out of the bag, and I'll figure it out. Wow. So I was all right. So we grab a bunch of scraps. I threw it on the thing. She, I'm not kidding you when this happens. She totals me all out, and it was like $586 and change. I mean, literally, there was Holy very little left. shit. Right to the dollar. Click. Done. I walk out, and everything that I had barely filled a paper grocery bag, a small one. And I'm looking at this. I can only imagine that dude that had to come back to his mom with the beans. Oh, yep, yep, yep. You know what I mean? Like, that was my moment. You yeah. know, I'm like, dang, I just pulled the jack and the beanstalk right now. Yep. So I walk out to my car. We get, I get in the car. Buyer's remorse hits me hard because I'm like, yo, what I got I two do? weeks to make rent and I don't yeah. even have rent and I just spent it all. How, like, instant it, in my brain, everything was coming on me. Like, you're an idiot. You're oh, yeah. such a bad provider. What kind of father are you? All this stuff was happening inside me. Oh, I bet. I get to the gas station because now my gas light comes on. I throw $10 in that, spend $10 on a carne asada quesadilla, literally, eat half of it on the way home. So my wife comes out and meets me. She's like, so what did all of our money just get us? This carne asada quesadilla. I was like, okay, well, I have half of a carne asada quesadilla for you. She goes, okay, well, that wasn't $586. I was like, no, but this grocery bag was, right? Instant buyer's remorse. Oh, yeah. And she walked back in. She didn't even talk to me. She just kind of walked back in. She gave me a little bit of a smile Uh and gave me a kiss and then turned around and walked away, right? She loves you. So I was like, all right. So from that moment on... It was nothing but me educating myself. I literally, I would work for 12 or 14 hours. And then when I got home, I'd spend five hours, six hours oh, yeah. just learning and reading and just diving in everything. Like every waking moment that I had that I was not providing for the family, yep. I was learning about leather. Yep. I was just learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. I would not stop. Yeah. So then finally, I think maybe four weeks, five weeks goes by and a friend of mine from a motorcycle club 
said, hey, I heard you were doing some leather work. And I said, yeah. And he says, um, would you want to be a vendor at our bike wash? It's the first one we've ever done. And I'm like, uh, sure. So I hang up and I'm like, hey, they want us to be a vendor at the bike wash. He goes, well, how are you going to do that? What do we spell? How do we vent? So I call him back. I was, what do I need to vent? He goes, you need at least a table. You need a canopy. And that's pretty much it. And bring your stuff and, and we'll yeah. you know sell it. All right. So. I call up my mom and I tell her, I say, hey, mom, I don't have a canopy. She goes, I'll fund your canopy. Just pay me back when, you, when you're done. Yeah, so yeah. she got me like one of those cheap Ozarks trail canopies. Perfect. So then um, we wound up borrowing a little card table that was half the size of the thing that we're talking on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, while I was there on a plastic fold-out card table yep. with one little chair in front of the bar where they were doing their bike wash, I was literally making leather bracelets right on the spot and people were hyped the first one i made the bartender comes out this lady she comes out she goes oh i heard you're making leather bracelets i love leather i was like who doesn't so then i make her one she goes how much i said don't worry about it all i ask is that when you're in there if anybody asks just tell them i'm out here selling leather bracelets send them my direction no problem i'm talking about 10 minutes goes by First person comes out. I saw that leather bracelet you made that girl inside. How much if you make me one? I was like, oh, I make them custom right here on the spot. Boom. La, 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 la. Boom. How much? I said, 10 bucks. What? I know. She goes, $10. And I was like, yeah, 10 bucks. So I make it, size it up. Great. Five more minutes comes by. Here comes another one. So I think throughout the whole day, right, I must have made 10 bracelets. Yeah, and yeah. I wasn't charging next to nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I, I get... On the way home, I call my wife, and she goes, how'd it go? Oh, you want to cut? Yeah, I have to go pee real quick. Okay. I hate to interrupt your story. Do you pause? We can pause. Oh, yeah, pause it. Now I have to figure out where we were. We were talking about the belts that you were making for $10. Bracelets. That's what I said. I said <laughs> belt bracelets. What are you doing here? We're, we're being infiltrated by dogs. What? Huh? We had it. We had a, We paused it. Which funny is, I never paused it before. So it just paused. Usually, I press stop. So then it has like a cut, you know. So now it's just gonna whatever. It is what it is. Pause. But this is where you in post. Yeah. Would just be like, oh no problem. I just edit so this post. area out. Yeah. Here, go outside. Please. Come on. My, she wants to stay in, but she's. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Ding dong. Oh, are we recording still? We're recording already, yeah. Oh. Well, where was that again? You were talking about how you were making the $10 bracelet belts. Right. And so, oh, that's right. And so uh, I call my wife when everything kind of gets settled. We load the car up. She didn't go with you? No, nah, I was okay. by myself, totally. And uh, she goes, so how did it go? I was like, I, she could tell something was different in my voice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, babe, we did so good. We did. We I think we made like 80 bucks at least. She goes, no way. I'm like, yeah. What year was this? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. 2012-ish. Huh. So, wow. right around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to remember. Things are a lot, a lo- big blur, but that oh, was yeah. a, that was definitely one of those moments. And as a matter of fact, um, you know who Dirty is? Yep. Foley? Yep. Yep. He was there. Oh, he's a sweetheart. I love that guy, man. Yeah. He he's He's been, I'd say, a fan and a supporter since, well, day one, honestly, because yeah. he was, that was... Uh, 
he was one of the guys that that uh, helped it along. So for me, it was a, it was a big deal, and uh, I've I've loved watching him grow also in his own success. Yeah, and what he's it. doing. Yeah, they're doing a great job. But that was the day for me in that moment doing that and coming off that because I was very nervous. I was oh, I nervous bet. about being there. I was nervous about making bracelets that I've never made before for people that were going to wear them and paying for them. Everything about that was nerve wracking for me. Oh, I bet. And not even to know if we were going to make any money. Oh yeah. And I had like, well, at least enough, I had made enough money to pay back my mom. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, what was honestly different is in that very moment I had hope. Yeah. That's what changed. Oh, it changes a lot. Huge. And so for me, it was instant. Like I went home that very day. As soon as my feet got in the door, I went down to my table. I set everything back up and I was making more bracelets. And now I'm thinking we need to go to another bike show. We need to go to another club event. We need to do something because, you know, when you're getting started back then, there was not a lot. There was practically nobody doing what I was doing yeah at the events yep, yep. right so that was this that was my shtick right make it right there on the spot what do you want i'm gonna make it i'll I'm, make it right I'm here put a dick, dick on it i'll put a dick on it right here let's do it yep dick bracelets i'll put some sauce on there some sauce <laughs> so it was i mean it was a it was a complete change for me and you know with when it came to doing events um working with the motorcycle clubs was a big deal for me because they didn't necessarily charge me yeah. they just said donate something i was yeah. like no problem i'll donate a couple bracelets yep or some, like, however many you need, you tell me, I'll do it. Yep. And so then I was able to buy a little bit more scrap materials, and then I got some snaps, and you know, it was just it just started it's to a process, grow from there. Man. It was a process, but it was a process that I was not willing to let go of. No, yeah. And then I'll never forget the morning I woke up, and before my eyes had opened, I was already thinking about all the materials I had to get, and mm-hmm. like to finish off to get this one project done, so we could get billables and all this stuff out make some money for the month and my wife leans over and she gives me a kiss and she says babe I said what she goes uh you know I was thinking about the leather work I was like yeah she goes uh you know you'd make more money if you stayed at home and finished all the custom orders than you would if you went out and did this project right now I said what she goes, yeah, we have more orders than you have work doing construction stuff. I was like, you got to be kidding me. She goes, no. Wow. That's and then crazy. That was the transition. Yeah, that's crazy. That it, was the transition. It's, it's, um, I kind of have a similar experience, but not like where, um, that, you know, where I'm taking the last bit of money. But I, I, you know, I've been doing this for multiple years, but when we were doing this first, I was like just doing chopper stuff. Yeah. And then uh, me, I, we were living in Costa Mesa. I mean, my setup at the SoCal Swap Meet, I would go there all the time, was literally my PT Cruiser and a table. Not even have a canopy. Just fucking, you know. here's Just what going I, for it. Yeah, here's what I got. You know, it mostly was like used old bike parts and shit, you know, just. And then um, me and, and my wife were, you know, trying to save up to like move out of this small little apartment, maybe like try to rent a house. And we were like, oh, we'll just save money. At that time, she worked for Oakley, uh, the corporation, um, before they moved to like Chicago, where the fuck they're at now. And then I was doing, I worked at, a, you know, I was a production manager at a sheet metal spot in uh, Anaheim. And uh, um, I, we saved up like $600 in like three months. I'm like, we're never going to move out. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> we're never going to fucking move out. There's no way. That's all we can save. Like, yeah. you know, we were living to, to our ends, though, you know? And I, I was like, do you trust me? And she's like, yeah. I was like, give me that money then. And that's like 
how I started going. Like at that point, I, I did just bought my, I sold my shovel head and bought my Dyna. And I was like, I'm going to focus on this stuff now, like the new stuff, like, you know, and uh, that's really like what I started with per se. Like, you know, maybe I had a little on uh, 200 bucks in PayPal or something, you know what I mean? But it was like, you know, it wasn't our last bit of money. Like we may not eat tomorrow type shit, but it was just that, that weird trust. I mean, and that trust from your wife, you know what I mean? That, that trust goes a long ways in what we are all trying to achieve because without having like that support system behind you, we're, none of us would be here. That's huge. You know, it's, it's tremendous. I mean, my wife will second guess me sometimes, you know, and I'm just like, Psh. I'm gonna do it anyways. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the thing is, it's it's now anybody who's who's been a financial success or have I would say in in their goals have made a success of themselves mm-hmm. by meeting their goals. The one thing that they will always tell you is that they've all had a moment where they had to step beyond their fear and beyond sometimes what's intelligent to take that big risk, and it may not always pay off. But the successful people are the people that are willing to look at that fear and say, I'm going to, in spite of it, I'm pushing through. Yeah. Other people aren't. No. They'll look at that fear and be like, Mm-mm, not going to happen. Yeah. Well, that and, and I think the um, social media as a whole and, and everything, again, back to that, gives people a false sense of reality of, yeah. how, of what it really takes to start something. You know what I mean? Um, granted, you know, we all use social media as a, as a marketing tool and now we can market to the whole entire world for free instead of paying for ads in magazines or anything like that. But it, it gives these everybody like if they want to start something, they want to start at the very top. You know what I mean? They don't want to start at the SoCal Cycle Swap Me with a PT Cruiser and one fucking table with no canopy getting sunburned as fuck every time because I'm a retard and don't put on sunscreen. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You remember that movie that Will Smith did? The Pursuit to Happiness. I That's love that right. Movie. And do you? I love that movie because it makes me cry. It, same here, uh-huh. especially the one where he was in the bathroom and locked the door in the bathroom of the uh-huh. subway with his kid, and he's like stroking his son's head. Yep. His son doesn't really know really no. what's going on, just that they're in a bad way, and he's crying because this is their situation. Yeah. But the thing that I remember that stuck out to me besides those moments, but was when he was in the call center and he was having to make those phone calls. Yep. But they told him to start at the bottom and then work your way up, and he's like, "Why am I going to do that when I can start at the top of the list?" Yeah. He goes right to the top, and what happens? He get he gets somewhere. Right, just yep. on his charisma, but then he gets spanked. Yep. Right, because he hasn't put he hasn't put in the time, and what the time needed to teach him was a process. Yeah. A process that was going to give him wisdom to pull off of to have confidence in being able to be knowledgeable about what he's talking about. Yeah. And he got spanked all the way back down to the bottom again. Yep. Right. Yep. So then when he came back around the second time, he's a ruler. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And and rulers recognize rulers, I oh, think. Yeah. So for me, this is this is something that I'm saying that is always evolving, but this is something new for me that I'm also learning. Yeah. Is that as I want to grow, you cannot forsake the process. You cannot jump ahead. Do not go, well, I have goals to get to 10. I'm at three. Let me jump to seven and eight right now. Yeah, you can't. Don't do it. And, I, and I'll be honest, I've made that mistake so many times, even oh, yeah. all the way up until just recently. That I realized, oh man, I'm making these big giant goals. Like I have these giant ambitious goals. Yeah. But how much of it right now am I forsaking the process by having these goals and saying putting them in these time limits don't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. So for me, right now, what I'm learning is not to forsake the process. Yeah. So I think actually the process is what I love. 
I get bored at the final, at the finished product per se. I'm, I'm bored now. Like it's done. There's nothing left to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the process like, and that, and that is across everything. Yeah. Like when I'm, when I'm done building a bike, I mean, I love that I, I did all this work and it's, and, and I love the bike, but it's old hat. Now you want to move on. Now I'm ready for, I got four bikes in here lined up right now for me to personally build, not for customers for like different events or whatever, but it's like, that's what I love. That's yeah. the part. And, and you have to, to do any of what we do on a, on a, on a soul, you know, like we do this for our families, to provide, mm-hmm. to provide for others, yeah. to provide a service. You have to be in love with the process. You know what I mean? Because if without that, you're done, man. You'll never make it. Yeah. You'll you'll maybe um, get that five minutes of fame. And I see a lot of guys out there, a lot of people out there kind of, uh, you know, looking for that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, Instagram, again, is weird, man. It gets people it on really this. Is, it, dude. It, it gets people on these weird kicks where they think because they are able to do something or whatever, they, they deserve something. You know, and I, and and again, though, maybe I try, I chalk it up to me being older, and I'm glad I'm older, and I'm glad like Instagram wasn't around when I was fucking you know 19, 18, 17, whatever. Could you imagine? Oh no, it would ruin your perspective. It, and I think it has a lot of people. A lot of people have lost perspective of what really matters and what how it really works. You know what I mean? Um, so. We're actually going to be joined right now yes. by uh, the most wonderful lady in the world, Mitch. So I'm going to... Um, Moto fan Mitch. You got to get it yeah, all set Yeah, I got to get it set up. One moment. Please enjoy this brief commercial. This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by the guys and gals over at Biltwell Inc., the company that reminds you of the fact... All bikes are adventure bikes if you use them to go on adventures. So go ahead and make sure to ride motorcycles and have fun. Check them out at BuiltWellInc.com. And we're back. And now we have another guest. Somebody, One of our customers came in and brought us a whole entire box of chocolate bars from Sweden. There's no, there's no, there's no lady that I know that can deny themselves from chocolate. I was wondering if you're going to offer me. Oh yeah, you first. Uh, I thought he was talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, yeah, I'll give it a whirl. I I only can take a little bit. My wife's got me on like a strict diet. She's going to hear that, or you know, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so that's good. She'll never know. Okay. (laughs) It was all us. Oh, that's amazing. Is it good? Oh my gosh, it's Mm -hmm. so good. Uh, so people with misophonia, you know what that is? What? Misophonia. Mm-mm, I've never heard that. Okay, so misophonia is uh, people who struggle with the sound of chewing, swallowing. Like as in an erotic way or just in a like they don't they can't they, they cringe. Cringe, like hearing a bone snap. Oh well, if that's you, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because you're you gonna get a whole bunch right now. So I'm on the we I work on this other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, one of the one of the girls on there, she has that problem. So oh, no way. as soon as we found out that this was an issue for her, oh yeah, I'd be because out. we'd hear her where she would like pull the her headphones off her ears and be like, "What is she doing? Like, is she adjusting her headphones?" Are you constantly eating on there? No, but I'm. You know, I'm. I've just got, licking let's his just say I have a wet yeah. mouth, so I'm constantly. Yeah, you know, I think I, I have that problem too. I think I accumulate a lot of. I drool. I wake up in the morning. There's like all this I'm drool lot, in my beard. Yeah, so there's. 
<laughs> and of course, we're drinking on the show too. Oh, right, but alcoholic beverages all the time. Oh wow, all the time. Oh, so here we are. That podcast sounds way cooler than this podcast. <laughs> on on uh, on this podcast, here I am. You know, we're drinking, and then we find out she's got this issue. So what do I do? I immediately put my throat right up to the mic, and I start drinking my drink. Oh like, my gunk, lord! Gunk, and she's just like ready to heave. And then we're all doing it. Wow. So now there's three dudes in there, all trying to make these weird weird noises with their mouth and their throats while she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure this isn't Pornhub? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds a little awkward. Well, I'm not going to lie. This uh, this particular podcast is definitely not for the faint of heart. Yeah. It's, what is it called? It's called Brew Crew Movie Review. We basically do commentary what? reviews on movies and we pair it with Shut alcoholic the fuck beverages. Up. Why am I not on that? Those are like all the things I love in life. You are actually scheduled to be on the podcast. Oh, I'm gonna. Uh, I actually circled you for a date and I said I need to call him because I was gonna talk to you about it today. Yeah. So now it's happening. Yes. Now it's gonna happen. What? Mo- oh, do how do? We, oh, we plan all sorts ahead. of questions. Oh, yeah. I love movies. That's my thing. Oh yeah. I used to, back before you can just stream and download everything. I had um, somewhere around like 500 DVDs and Blu-rays mixed. Yeah. I have the same problem. I have like an entire 80s collection yeah. that's insane. I probably have like 400 DVDs yeah. just from the 80s. I still have an old school terabyte hard drive that when I found, uh, <laughs> D- do you know what Demonoid is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, when that was actually, when it was good, before it got fucked up by the FBI, I have a terabyte full of movies. It's like an old one still. I have mm. it. But now you just, and you know, now I'm old, so I just buy it on Amazon. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with any of the downloading shit anymore. I can't even do that anymore. Oh yeah, she gets mad at me because now, now my big thing is um, TV show series, because I, I, again, my attention span sucks lately because I'm always, I'm always thinking about work and shit. So I'm like, got maybe like, if it, if it, I'll try to put my phone somewhere else sometimes, but most yeah. of the time it's right there with me. And then, so I like to just binge shows. Yeah, same here. And but I binge them over and over and over. Like this oh, last I can't year, do that, though. I probably binged the Office full series. Start to finish, twenty plus times. I can't do that. I, we just run it. We'll just let it run, and you know, like that's good. Right now, I'm on. Oh, Brooklyn. if I'm, but I mean, like if you're watching it in the background. Yeah. Like when I'm working, yeah. I have a TV in my in my yep. in my shop, and I'll sit there and I'll be tooling, and every now and then I'll be like, oh, that was funny. Yeah. On no, stuff, I because that's how if I, I watch anything I'm interested in, I am not working. Yeah. Oh no, it's hard for me lately to find something I'm interested in because I'm just always working. Outsider. Yeah. Uh, you know HBO Outsider. Yeah, I, I have Are you into that Stephen one. King? Yeah, you're gonna like this. I didn't one. like that green thing that he did though. No, the Outsider's good because it starts off as a uh, who done it, like a murder mystery. Oh, so if you're into mur- murder, is it it's a series also? It is a series. Ooh. It's a ten episode I have HBO series. On demand. Hey, have you seen it? No, Mitch. Do you watch you TV? T- you don't. You don't strike me as someone who really has time for TV. No, you don't do TV. I. I actually. I can don't. tell by the way you're looking at <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. You're like, you're you're like fucking oh, idiots. That's great. <laughs> no, actually, the only time I've gotten into a series was on Netflix. It was called Queen of the South, and I. Had- oh man, I got all the way through the second uh, season, and then third season hit, and I'm like. Bleh. Oh, I love the entire thing. But now I know how people feel, though, because I'm waiting for them to come up with the next oh, yeah. season, and it takes forever. It's so that. annoying. I want to know everything now. Ozark oh. is that is that for me right I now? I got into Ozark for a little bit, and I got out of it. There was one that we watched. God, I Jason Bateman's also the producer. He's the executive Jason producer. Jason Bateman's kind of amazing. He's a killer, dude. Honestly, I yeah. love this guy. He he has an eye for details. 
I always just find it for like him and Paul Rudd. I find it yeah. funny like their um how like their roles they had like I guess like eighties, nineties and mm-hmm. how like they kinda disappeared for a little bit and then just kinda popped back up and now just took over. They're like, We're here, we're back. But you know, their their comedy is is what I would consider like very cerebral and dry. Yeah, but when I, it comes like across models. it's very sharp. I like role She's models. She's just nodding her like, yeah, that sounds really good. You never <laughs> seen role models? <laughs> nope. Oh, never even God, heard of the it. Spot at the coffee shop. Oh, so that was a good one. Oh. See? But that's stop talking. Mitch. <laughs> let's, what's let's, going on with you yeah, right now? We're now we're we have a, a a lady present so we can't say fuck and stuff like that. Oh, I'm just kidding. We can't. That's one of my favorite words, though. <laughs> I'm not super It's such a like. useful word. It is. It has so many meanings. It's fucking amazing. You just I'm, feel I'm so doing, much better using it. I'm yeah. doing my best not to cuss. Uh, I can't. I it's, can't. It's hard, I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me, but it's just being... When I came back from being on the road so much last year, uh, yeah. I was cussing like a sailor, and then it got to be where I was in front of my kids, and then my uh, youngest is our, they're dropping F-bombs. I'm like, uh-oh. Well, see, see, with my kids, because like um, the, my friends that I... they My kids would grow up around, uh, you know, they are all like me, and they all... <laughs> you know, so... It was, they're all and, potty and they, mouths. And we would have big parties all the time, you know, like yeah. birthday parties, and then all my friends went with all their kids, and then everybody's like, fuck, fuck, but we're drinking, you know, having a good time. So it was easier, I felt, and, and to me, this is my just my opinion, it was a smarter move to teach my kids what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say. Because there's no way I can tell my friends to stop saying fuck. You know what I mean? They're just not going to happen. You know what I mean? So they learned at a young age, like, what are adult words and what are not. And my I, even my, my son's, you know, going to be 14 now. It's hard to get him to cuss. Like, I'll say, say shit. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, we're hanging out, just the guys, you know. And he's like, and he won't do it. Uh, it's, it's the thing. It's, it's more of, for us, especially for me, it's not that our kids, it's not about not teaching them that, because they know oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's more about that they really attach themselves to the emotion of when I'm cussing. Because oh. generally, if I'm cussing, it's not because I'm happy. Oh, yeah, see. You know, I usually sl- save the heavy words yeah. for a heavy time. I got you. Yeah, that makes a big difference. So that's kind of where I need to, that's where I need to slow down. Yeah. See, mine's just normal vocabulary. Same. Yeah. yeah. What, what the fuck's going on here? How yeah. the fuck are you doing? Exactly. And, <laughs> I, and, and I trust me, I love the word myself. Oh, yeah. It's a, it was always, it's, I mean, it's still, I do have my times where I have to be in areas where I'm like really trying to, like, ah, you know, like watch what I say. But man, it's I actually, as is, is many times you and I met, I've never really actually heard you cuss, Mitch. Oh. Just cuss right now. Just do it. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> actually, I had a friend at the beginning of the year say that he was going to, uh, make his new year's resolution to not say the f word anymore and he was like you should maybe do that with me oh wow and i was uh, like what? why do i say the f word a lot why do i fucking cuss a whole fucking bunch <laughs> f me right fucking a i guess i gotta stop swearing <laughs> oh no so what's going on with you mitch uh, like i know you have so much going on i actually went by uh prohibition and I had no idea, because I don't go in there often, even though it, I could literally throw rocks on the roof. I know. I wanted to know which one was your house. If you're in the back parking lot, is it the one with all the little sailor, uh, <laughs> what do you call those? Those sunshade sails? Uh, They're colored, like red if, and it's blue? It's up on the hill. There used to be like a vanilla colored like um, tarp garage there, and there's like a bunch of little cars and stuff. And vanilla trailers. Isn't that just white? No, it's vanilla. Are you asking an artist? Would that white? be cream? Yes. Why does it have to be vanilla? 
Never that's heard of vanilla. That's vanilla a is a color. flavor. I think cream is a color. <laughs> vanilla is also a color. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So she but, wants to know which plantation is yours, though. <laughs> I heard he was on this like, two-acre plantation. That's what so I heard. If you look straight back, there was like that church that's in the back of the parking lot. Okay. The, it, yes. Okay. So directly behind that is is our property. Hmm. Ah. And the one, I li- the one with the gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> there was the a one lot. that shouldn't be next door to a church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot. I'm not kidding you. There was a lot. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be shooting guns off next door to the church. Yeah. And uh, at this time and age, you somebody's know, somebody's going to hell. <gasps> nah. Do you guys patron that church? No. No. Mm-mm. You guys go to church though. They Mm-mm. do the bar next no. door though. No, we're more of the, we're more in the mindset of the, the living church. We're more in yeah. the mindset. Of, I, you know, this is this is this is a this is a saying, that I truly believe in. I would hate to be at church, wanting to be on a bike. I'd rather be on a bike, thinking about. Yeah. You know. I think it's so, uh, for me. It's a kind mentality. Of like I don't. I'm not necessarily a religious person. I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know. But for me, no, I, I believe in karma. Amen. So I always just no. try to do right. You know what I mean? I always try to make make the right decision. Like it's not that difficult as a as a human being, or like you know, even as a as a business owner. Like I want our customers. I always want to treat our customers how I expect to be treated by somebody when I'm in the same position. Yeah. You know, we try to go above and beyond. There's obviously certain limits that we do have to draw the line because you know, but. It's just a, a plain and simple thing, like you yeah, know. It's a, it's a, it's kind of all, all, all in the same. I mean, I'm not a religious individual. I get deemed that a lot, but I'm not. I'm more. Of, I consider myself more of a relational spiritualist. You know, it's, yeah. it's about my private relationship and how it affects other people. I'm not trying to Bible thump or throw a sword at somebody or nothing like that. I'm not going to go in there and judge anybody because, yep. man, I need it just like anybody else. Oh yeah, I think we all do. Yeah. So there you go. I think we're all we all, a lot of the people that um, I get to sit down with and talk to and like really talk to and meet. It's like we're all cut from similar cloths. Mm-hmm. A lot of us all have like kind of same background uh, histories and stories. Like mm-hmm. um, they may be shitty, and then it's like these rise above moments where we kind of like. Uh, maybe got our shit together finally maybe you know just took a chance you know maybe these kind of things and now we're here and we're all like on this level of uh, uh, this playing field I guess you can say you know and it's kind of it's kind of weird to see that and to hear the similar stories from a lot of people I think when you get down to the people who are in the positions that we are the reason why they're similar is because the one the one factor that we all share is that we looked at our fear and we decided in spite of it that we were going to overcome the challenges yeah to get to, to the to the goal the yeah. result that we were hoping for and that, that goes back to what i was saying earlier because i don't know if i ever got to say it but it turns into the fear of not trying yeah it's no, not the you fear did, uh, did, did i did i say i it? think it was like after like it. the fourth or fifth time you had asked me oh yeah <laughs> We've been like, on a tangent. Yeah, he he. We're two hours into this right oh, now. Oh no shit! Is it really okay. two hours long? Yeah, we're two hours now. Oh well, my gosh! But well, we had pee yeah. breaks. Well, I paused though. Do you do commercials uh, during pee breaks? Yeah, I'll put a commercial in there, uh-huh. like uh, with music, pre-recorded clever. commercials. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, it kind of now it feels like a radio show. Yeah, we're based. I'm this is basically welcome. Speak Kings K five seven three two. I don't know, a- AM radio. Is that it? No, those call I mean, yeah, anybody it would be to an AM radio show because AM is generally talk. Okay, I like AM radio. Me too. Um, so that's my thing. I like. Uh, I used to say. What do you got going on right now? Yeah, Mitch. Well, I want to hear you talk a whole bunch. We've <laughs> yeah. been talking for two hours. We, we got you on cussing for like all of thirty seconds. And slurping chocolate. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, um, you want some more? No, 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 no. I no, have. No, Mitch is on a strict have, situation. I know that. Well, 
Well, oh, look, she's got it regimented right now. I do. I'm only like she's a all, square every so often. This square's for tomorrow, <laughs> and this square's for Thursday. <laughs> I'm like, this whole bar is for right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what's up? Yeah. Uh, what's personally, what? professionally, all let's of the above? Let's, let's, go. let's go. All right, shoot let's, the questions, and I'll answer them. I oh. want to know what's going on right now. Um, what's going on with Moto Fan? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Mitch is founder, owner, uh, provider, everything of Moto Fan, the amazing Moto Fan. Tell the people that don't know about it right now what Moto Fan is and what it does and how it helps us all. Ooh, okay. So uh, basically, we're a small nonprofit grassroots. It's just a group of my friends, really, that got mm-hmm. together to form a way to help riders. Um, years ago, five or six years ago, I started noticing GoFundMes pop up on Instagram pretty regularly. And, you know, you can donate five or $10 of, of your own money every so often, but I kind of felt like maybe there was an outlet, a way to gather everybody together and figure out how to help mm-hmm. on a bigger level. So um, didn't really have any idea what I was doing. So put together my first uh, event, if you will, fundraiser at cook's corner i'll never forget that one it turned out way better than i ever expected it was wild (laughs) it was crazy as a matter of fact that day um i was i rode up there with a bunch of friends and i think i vended that one too as well yeah yeah you've been on since day one yeah and uh one of the guys that i rode up there with he won a Biltwell seat, <laughs> bars, socks, hats. I mean, he had like two trash bags filled with stuff. I mean, the mm-hmm. amount of stuff that was there for the raffle, that by far was the biggest raffle I had ever seen. Oh, yeah. The industry had participated in. It was the biggest I had ever seen. It was an absolute shock for me. I mean, like I said, I, I had never done anything like it before. And I wasn't really even sure how well it would be received by people because it was such a different idea. Um but it was mind blowing. I remember, you know, a week before the event, just sitting in my living room trying to figure out how the hell I was even going to put this together or operate the raffle. There was yeah. just so much stuff. Ton. But I felt so grateful. Um, so in a matter of four hours, the event was we raised about sixty sixty five hundred dollars. Wow, that's so a that lot. That was huge. That's a yeah. lot of money. Um, yeah, and we had huge companies right out of the gate, you know, that Mm. that wanted to support. So the idea was basically every year, I mean, this was kind of the beginning idea. Every year we'll throw one or two events, we'll just keep this money in an account, and every time we see something on uh, Instagram in regards to a GoFundMe, we'll go ahead and donate. Mm -hmm. And then it was kind of like, well, how much do we, you know, we figured it out along the way. We started with 100, and then 250, and then 500, and now we're up to $1,000 per rider, but we've kind of figured out along the way other ways to help too. So we we really feel that advanced rider training is important. Definitely because, huge. I love that. Yeah. I love the fact that you are also you're bringing into preventative maintenance. Like you're saying, hey, it's not just about the aftermath, but how do we prevent this yeah. from happening before that? Yeah, absolutely. Those courses. I mean, I, I I've never done it, and I want to do it. Amy, I made her do it before she could ride. Um, the CHP course, you know. Same here. Yeah, I I grew up riding dirt bikes, so I'm and that doesn't mean anything, you know. I'm like, man, I guarantee she knows more evasive maneuvers than I do because my, um, you know, if you were familiar with dirt bikes, it's called throttle it out. You know, you can't throttle it out into the back of a car, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to do the CHP course and kind of and go through the ranking of those courses just to learn more maneuvers because I think it'd be fun. Like yeah. the CHP rodeo course. Probably. Have you done those? No, I never Seen done any those. My uh, God, what the ones they where do. they're dragging the bar? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's insane to me. Uh, yeah, I would fall over. <laughs> I know my limits, man. I know my limits. I'm top heavy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yes, I actually took the course. Yes, did you enjoy but it? I, you know what, I was challenged by it for sure. I thought it was interesting. Did you take the course on your Harley, or you take the course? Yes. Yeah, oh, so wow. that's part of the program. Is it's not an it's not an intro class. Uh-huh. It's an advanced class. So it's more for the people that already have a license but yep. haven't been properly trained. Yep. So it's a full day course on how to quick stop, maneuver, avoid. Did um, they do it on the closed course? They did, and it was nuts. Like I actually had nightmares the night before because I had just got my Dyna and it was significantly heavier than my last bike. Oh yeah. Because then you you went you had a Dyna and before that you had a, a Sportster, Sportster yeah. yeah. I mean that is a huge. This, uh, like, it just didn't weight. Yeah, that's a huge like jump. Like four hundred pounds. Yeah, so I was a little nervous. So I didn't want to drop my bike in front of everybody because these were people that I was encouraging to take the class, and here I am, the person that hosted this class, and I'm going to dump my bike. That's what I was afraid of. Yeah. But um, so I ended up being picked first. Of course. And I nailed it the first go. And wow. I was so excited because I didn't think I was going to do it. Oh, I bet. I, when I went through the course, um, I went through the course. It was called Top Gun Motorcycle Training. My uncle owned it. What? I was trying to connect you and him in the very beginning because he's an amazing instructor. Well, that's just a cool name. Top Gun? Yeah. I know, yeah. right? I mean, hello. Instantly. <laughs> so... Uh, I went through that with my uncle, and my uncle, you know, you think you're going to get some breaks with family. Not the case. They go extra. Extra hard. Like, he yelled at me so many times in front of people. But the great thing was is that even, like, his... Uh, his insistent instructor was like trying to pull Rick aside like hey man go easy on him he did that like perfectly you can't have him do it twice in front of all the students just to prove a point (laughs) so by the end of the by the end of it you know everybody gets their cards and certificates I didn't but I got to sit in the RV and get some additional instruction from him he basically said I just want you to know out of the 60 students that we had this weekend you're the only one that aced the entire class like so why didn't you get a certificate Oh, because he slid me in the class just for training. He didn't. It wasn't about. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because I was nervous. I, I had just bought a big bike. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It was like a big heavy bike, and I didn't even want to ride it until I came out of this course. Yeah. And I'll never forget when I came out of the course. I felt so confident. I I remember being in the in the class portion, and there were people who were like I've been riding for 15 years, and there are things that I learned here that I never even oh, knew yeah. to do. That's exactly what I I feel about it. Like I mean, I've never done it, but I want to. But I I know that I'm going to learn a lot of stuff. The biggest thing you for know. me was breaking in a turn or mm-hmm. breaking, you know, like if you were to imagine this, because I ride mountain roads and I know you, you know, you're on a mountain road. How many times have you gone around a turn that's completely blind? You have no idea what's yeah. on the other side of that. Yep, right. Yep. And at least in this class, they teach you if you come up on a car that's parked because there's an accident or maybe there's construction down the road. So it's backing up and you're on that blind turn, be able to stop in an instant to save yourself, stand the bike up and and just just grab everything you get everything yeah. you got. That's most where most people will just fly off the side of the mountain. Oh yeah, and no, thank I'm going God. right into the back of that car. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, for me, guaranteed. I had one close call prior to the class. And then I took the class, of course I have all this confidence, so I go ripping up to Julian and I'll never forget that I had ran into the very situation I was trained wow. in. I never even thought about that situation. But oh, I, when dude. I get through that stuff, I see I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go as fast just as I possibly reacting. can. So. The, all the fear hits after you get through it. right? Yeah. You're just reacting. And then all of a sudden you get through it and you're like, your heart just wants to pound through your rib cage. Wow. That's why the training is so important, though, because Huge. if you have that, yep. you have that experience. It's the first thing that pops in your mind when you're supposed to use it. Yeah, yeah. Versus, oh, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm just going to do whatever. Yeah. So I, yeah, I definitely think the advanced rider training classes are super important if you're going to be on a motorcycle. That's right. And do you have any uh, planned coming up? 
Um, I know that we have some in the works for the East Coast and then for Vegas, but gotcha. those dates haven't been released yet. So gotcha. But soon for sure. Mm, Vegas. I'm gonna try to come out and do the Vegas one. You should. What's happening in Vegas? Talk to me. The the course that she just talked about. There's something oh, else right. happening like in Vegas show. this They're, weekend yeah. now. Oh, uh, uh, what? The Vegas the, swap meet. Yep, the Vegas swap meet's coming up. Are you going to that? No. You should. When is it? This weekend? Yeah. No, I can't. I have my kids. Kids Bye. are allowed to Vegas. Oh, I know. They don't like this stuff, though. What? My, I, I, my daughter's a little too young to go to Vegas, I think. I took my son. Me and my son actually went to the first one. I took him to Vegas for the first time. He had a fun. We went, Al went with us. We all went. Took him to the axe throwing stuff, and that was a fun time. So he would go again, but I think my daughter might be a little... Because I took him to Fremont. Like, I showed him real Vegas. Oh. Yeah, we stayed Woof. We stayed at Cortez. How old is your son? Yeah, he was. he's 13. He saw boobs then, huh? <laughs> On Fremont pasties. Street? Pro- yeah, no, he did. Yeah. You see but I've been lot. showing him boobs for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, son. <sighs> he, he's a good kid, you know. I, I, but, you know, I, I grew up... Uh, I don't know. It's a different time, but, you know, I grew up looking at my, you know, my... My friends' dads' playboys, and you know, when we were like six, seven years old, trying to get them down from the rafters, and you know, like it's weird how kids grow up now. Harry he's got palms a, and spots. Yeah, he's got a girlfriend, <laughs> and I'm like, "You guys kiss yet?" And he's like, "No, it's it's weird." What do you mean? I'm like, huh, "All right, well, that's yeah. good. I don't got to worry about anything. I hope. I just I've already taught him what condoms do and all that stuff because I don't want to worry about none of that shit." We just had a situation <laughs> where my wife had to teach we had the first sex talk i mean our kids are 10 and 8 and 6 and 4 and you got a tribe yeah it's called a tribe at this point we do we do but i like that i like a small village (laughs) it sounds something like that yeah it's more like monkeys yeah but uh yeah so we do with our kids we do part um at school where they you know with other kids and stuff and then some at home Oh, so they're like kind of homeschooled, partial homeschooled? Partial. It's called a charter. Okay. And uh, so this new way of teaching is very different from, from my wife, and she has to teach them this, how to understand root words and what they mean and how to apply them to bring words together. And so one of the words, the, one of the roots that came up was C-U-M-B. So how would you read C-U-M-B? Come. There you go. But in but what does that word even mean? So like to succumb. To something uh, to suck cum? Cute. No, not suck cum. <laughs> That's what I said. Like I'm going to succumb to his nature oh. or succumb to the weight of the whatever, right? So or cucumber, right? Or yeah, right. Okay, you got it. So you have to, So the root of the meaning was to lay down, right, or to lay on, right? So of course, my That's usually my, how it happens. I mean, so then all of a sudden, so then all of a sudden, my kids think it's funny. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna come on your head. <laughs> we're gonna go come in our bed." And so my wife starts laughing because they're being innocent about it. Yeah, they don't know But the more playing. that my wife laughs, the more that they keep saying it. And they're like, "We're gonna come on your nose." And my son's like, "I'm gonna go come on Mabu's head. I'm gonna come in her chair." Wow! <laughs> oh my god! So then, of course. All like you know, my wife has to slow him down because this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, and she tells me, and I'm I'm losing it. Oh yeah, I can tell. So afterwards, she has to go upstairs, and now he's like, "Do I get to pick a place where I want to go?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about where I'm gonna come later. <laughs> I'm gonna come on mommy's bed. <laughs> So uh, then, uh, you know, so it leads to where my wife has to have the sex conversation and explain to him, well, what is cum? 
Oh, and then wow. she had to tell them straight up, well, this is what it is. And it comes out of a boy's penis. And in my... Ew. The whole thing, oh, yeah, she had to do the whole thing. <laughs> and then she goes, well, it comes out of a boy's penis. Well, sometimes the girls, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but the look on their faces was like when they realized now what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> my son's face was like if you could take a squishy and squish it all together like a lemon or something. It was crazy. And how old is the son? He's eight. Oh, wow. That's young. Yeah. I hope it was done very gently. Like, there are millions of babies in there. Oh, yeah. she. I mean, she explained it pretty well. I imagine. If I would have come into that conversation, I would have been like, I would have been saying terrible things. <laughs> I would have walked in and be like, You could have just had him watch, start watching that part of Grandma's Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Oh, no. Yeah, I immediately yelled up, You should teach him about a pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was so mad at me when I yelled that up the stairs. Oh. Teach him about the pearl necklace. <laughs> and then I hear my son, what does that mean, a pearl necklace? Is that the same? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's so mad. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. There are things that happen in my house that are just terrible. We're things. all going to hell. No, mm. no, we're not. <laughs> I think, you know, we just like to spice it up. Mm. I know. I think that, you know, this room's full of good people. Yeah, I, I I I feel comfortable. I'm confident. Yeah, I'm con- I'm confident that, like the Matterhorn, you know how like you splash through the water, but yep. you don't really get wet. Yep, that's yep. gonna be me. Yeah, like I'm exactly. gonna splash splash the, the warm water, but I don't think I'm gonna really get wet. He um, needs the holy water though. Oh. I think he needs it more than I do. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how, how that what do you mean? Teach him about the pearl necklace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With your goddamn San Diego, Texas accent? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I don't know how we got onto this kind of subject of coming when we were talking about what MotoFam does. Oh, God. Yeah, two very different subjects. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this show is already two plus hours long. <laughs> yeah, this has happened multiple times. Not really. It's not my fault. I just am rolling with it. It's more of ADHD over here. Huh. Uh-huh. That's fine though. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the whole point of this is called shooting the shit. I want this podcast to be like if we were sitting in the garage drinking beers, you know. But we're this not. This is what would happen. We need beers. I know. Honestly, I would love to be just like, I'll choose the side if we can have a shot. Usually I start working She's after this. She's over here stuff. like, oh gosh. Actually, <laughs> I, I was actually going to pull up a photo for you guys on my way here. I thought she was going to postmate some booze. <laughs> <laughs> Here, knock on the door. Box wine or something. This pulled out right near your your spot. What did that say? Oh, what does that say? Somebody got mad. On both sides. What happened? Check this out. I never. I've never made uh, somebody that mad with me that they would mess with my vehicles. I don't think I have either no. because they've never been spray painted like that before. No, I have, unfortunately. Mitch just showed us a picture of somebody's car on a, a, a flatbed tow truck that says "bitch" In spray, spray painted paint. huge on the doors with the bright orange. Orange. Dude, that guy. That guy's probably a road worker. That's road worker paint. Yeah. Oh, good yep. observation. Yeah, I watch a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine, so I'm basically a detective. <laughs> <laughs> He's totally official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never, I, man, I don't know. My cars, my vehicles, like all that stuff, is uh, that's sacred to me. I would never, I, oh, oh, I remember, um, God, years ago, I was going to go hunting in the morning. And so we were having like a little barbecue at the house. And yeah. I, mean, I would just leave my friends in my house and I'd go to bed. I don't care, you know, like just whenever you're done, you know, most of them would just pass out in my house somewhere. But so I went to bed. And when I went to bed, 
they took the uh, the garden hose and they weaved it in my wheels of my truck that was already loaded up, ready to go hunting in the morning. And I walk out there. It's got to be like three in the morning. I look and I'm like, these motherfuckers. I was so fucking pissed. But I lived right next door to like one of my friends, right? So... I went in my tattoo kit and I got uh, the jar of Vaseline and I took the Vaseline and, and like a, a um, tongue depressor stick, you know, and I put it underneath the door handles of his truck. So when he went and opened his doors, it was just full of Vaseline. Oh, that's mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah. You've done any pranks? Are you a prankster? Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I did. Like what? Um, Best one. Shoot. So my parents were divorced and we used to have to go hang out with my dad occasionally. And he had a roommate who was a total asshole. Uh-huh. So I took a bunch of his pants, his suit pants, and snipped the seams to his butt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it already. That's awesome. <laughs> so I did that to like four or five of his suit pants for work. And, so. but, and when he put them on, it would just be over? Um, well, that was the... I really wanted to see it. There's a bike here. Have, have Dylan unload it. And the puppy's here. They are. Hi, baby. And the puppy's gone. <laughs> they like to be, the puppies like to be a part of the podcast. They would talk on here if they could, I bet. Oh, am I still on? Yeah. Yep, you're still okay. good. Yanked yeah, on one of the cords. Yeah, so the worst prank, I don't want to say it's the worst, but it's one of the most memorable ones for me. I used to get into a lot of prank wars, and I used to tell everybody, don't mess with me. because yeah. like, I'm, I'm not into it, personally. I'm, I'm like... Mm-hmm. I'll I'm, go extreme just so I'm you don't do it again. Yeah, 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 I'm competitive. So I got into it with my... Before she was my wife, we were just friends at the time, and her best friend. And so they had messed with my bike, right? And I'm, you know, I'm pretty cool with that kind of stuff. At the time, I was pretty cool with it. But they had put a bunch of unused tampons hanging all over my bike, and I couldn't oh, see it because no. it was late at night, and I roll, I ride off, right? And I got tampons hanging off of the back of my bike. Like you just got married? Crazy amounts. Dra- but they were everywhere. Like, I got the ones I could see. Yeah. But it was, I think they overdid it towards the front of my bike just so I wouldn't see the ones that they put on the back of the bike. Gotcha. So here I am, I'm riding you down the street, and I have this really cool-looking bobber. I'm right down the street, and here comes this lead sled, and these guys are like, yeah, and they come up on me laughing, right? <laughs> and pointing, and kind of like covering their mouth, and I'm like, oh, man, that's such a badass car. I've always wanted one of those. And they're like, yeah, yeah, cool bike, bro, right? And yeah. then, so I'm like, okay, what is this all about? So I finally get home, and I, you know, I had seen some other people laughing as I'm riding through the streets to get home, and I get home, and then I look at the back of my bike and hear all these tampons hanging off my bike, and I'm like, I'm upset. Oh, oh yeah. So I'm like, all right. All right, this is dirty. Yep. It's dirty, right? <laughs> so then I sneakily get my wife's best friend's uh, keys to her car while they were at church. Oh, wow. On God's time, you did this. Oh, oh baby, yeah. Oh, wow. I got it. Going to hell. Yeah, he is. Now you are. <laughs> so you I, are now. I got into her car. Okay. Uh-huh. The suspense I, is killing me the way you're pausing. I took her horn and attached lead wires to her horn oh my god so that every time she hit the blinker <laughs> it will honk her horn <laughs> and, and whenever she would depress on the brake it would squirt water up onto her windshield oh for the windshield Lord. wipers that's okay and all but i still think the tampon one is funnier yeah no, but you i don't think saying. you outdid her i think i did because when she mm. the, the thing about this she comes out of church she's all happy she's good 
Yeah. As soon as you have to understand, this this is like a bigger church, right? So she gets in the line of cars trying to make the turn to get out of the church. Yep. First thing she does is hit the blinker. She's honking the and pressure. And she's from got her. her brakes on. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and it wouldn't come off. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. I see. And then her entire windshield was completely wet. I seen um something on the internet or I don't know one of these prank YouTube guys. He he hooked a horn like that up to like a trailer plug Ooh. and then plugged it into his dad's trailer plug. So so every time his dad would hit the the brake, the horn would sound off, but it sounds like it's from behind you. <laughs> so the guy's like getting all fucking pissed off and he's like, Why the fuck these people honking at me? Like what the fuck? You know, blah blah But every time he's hitting the brake, you know, it's going off. And then also with the blinkers, because it's all wired up into the same circuit, you know what I mean, on that trailer plug. Yeah. So then it's like turns it honk, honk, and then they find is that what the fuck you know, he's just flipping out and you know, obviously can't do that in a car because they don't have the trailer well, yeah, plug. Yeah, because but. she couldn't she didn't have the wherewithal to unplug all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. No. This was this went on for with her for like shop. four days. Oh yeah. Before I finally said, All right. I'm gonna come over and not hook it all. No, I would have just left it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just all looking What's around. What's up, Mr. Eric Martinez? We got Eric Martinez in the house. Hi. EPM. Hi. Hi. She has a good Do you want some chocolate? No. No. Yeah. No. 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 I have a whole box up there. Always asking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always feel, feel bad. I feel you on that one. I mean, I do want to ask you this though, because I know. Like the shows were for us, everybody in the in the industry loved coming to those shows, right? For me, it wasn't even about making money while I'm there. Really, it was about supporting you guys and bringing attention to that because I believed in it so much, and I still do. Yep. Um, and now it's branched off into so much more, right? As a matter of fact, one of the things I wanted to bring up was the fact that I saw your face in a Ford commercial. Me? Yeah. You and someone else from the Babes Right Out, there was a commercial you guys... Yeah, you didn't know that? You didn't even know that your face was in a Ford commercial? I don't know. Or no. where them royalty checks at. I know. You where is my money? Something. Yeah. yeah. They did this whole thing with Babes Right Out. No, that was Toyota. Toyota. Sorry. Uh, I'm terrible. You getting paid by Toyota then? Yeah. No, Screw it Ford. wasn't me. It wasn't me. Ford, I just it said just Toy- looks like you? I, yeah. It was... That's not her. Fordota. Fordota. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch traditional TV. I don't have. Com- mm. I don't like commercials. I can't do it. It came Same. across my uh, Pandora. That's when I saw it. Actually, oh. you have a visual Pandora. Well, yeah, on my TV, I play the app Pandora, oh. and then it'll, every now and again, it'll actually put a real commercial on. Gotcha. And I saw that, and I'm like, Oh my god, yes, yes! I was all excited. <laughs> Did yeah. It yeah, so, what do you do? You no. what do you? How are you connected to Babes Right Out? Um, I mean, I've been friends with them since the very beginning. Right. I, I went and scouted out the very first um, Babes and Brago with Ashmore. Oh, wow. um, so first and foremost, it's a friendship, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, followed by the fact that um, I told Anya and Ashmore about my idea to do Moto Fam before I ever pulled the trigger on it. And they were huge encouragers. Yeah. So they said, you know, if you do it, we have your back. So ever since then, we've done every raffle, at every babes ride out. Yeah, We do that on the East Coast with them, too, which we're ramping up to do right now. But. That's rad. That is yeah. totally cool, man. Yeah. I love, you know, I, I actually, for me, I love it. I absolutely fully enjoy it seeing women being powered in a way where it's adding to their confidence mm-hmm. when they're solo riders. Not just the girls on the back, but they are literally taking control, you know, developing new confidence in themselves, getting on the road. And honestly, I feel like females have it 
they have it on lock like yeah. the idea of brotherhood like the female hood yeah. you know like they've they've got that on lock I think yeah. more, even more so than oh. than men sometimes because they just like men are too competitive <laughs> that's what well I think women can be well, too yeah. well I don't mean just in that sense that they're not way. I just mean men are dickheads <laughs> all of us Plain and simple. Girls yeah. can be dickheads too, though. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, there's definitely plenty. Well, you see, remember, I'm, I'm a misogynist, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. I got called right. a misogynist recently told by somebody. that story the other day. Really? It was funny. Yeah, remember when I post that little meme? I post it every year, too. Every year, for the last five years, I post the same meme around tax season that says, you know, if something like, if your woman loves you, she'll give you her tax return to buy parts at Speed King Cycle. Every year. And then this year, I got attacked by a few coming onto the page don't follow me coming onto the page talking shit you know then went into, like DMing me or something and some lady called some, somebody I don't know who it was but she called me a misogynist and like uh, put it in her story and like trying to like you know so I just screenshot it and sent it to Mitch and I was like I'm, apparently I'm a misogynist now <laughs> but you know that's the such a bad part. guy it's yeah, horrible I'm so terrible <laughs> but it's like you know it gets to the point like when people and, and about, of everything not just you know obviously that it's, um, uh, situation but people just can't take jokes anymore yeah, absolutely. You have to worry about offending everybody. Oh, yeah. You could breathe wrong. And, and it's not even off. just like being offensive right now. Yeah. It's being offensive 10 years from yeah. now. Like even on the show, that the other show that I do, I'm very like... <laughs> I worry sometimes about the things that I say. On oh, least. yeah. I'm super worried about the things that I say on this other show because, I mean, every, all the people around me in this show are not super conservative yeah. at all. They do not share my views at all. They're very... PC, except for I would say my bro Tommy, um, he kind of gives the bird to that all the time. But it's it's difficult. Like some of the things we talk about, I don't even I don't think about it. Like I don't yeah. think about I'm being recorded and have a microphone in front of my face. Yeah. I think I'm just sitting here talking to two friends and I'm gonna say some things. Yeah. And when I say those things, I'm not. I'm just just being let's, a joke. Let's I'm just be being honest. Funny. We none of us can ever run for office. No, I have no, no. desire. And I'm 100% okay with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We did a whole <laughs> we did a full install video on YouTube with a giant dildo under the bike. Giant. Like how giant? Like it's like this big. Like Sweet. a purple one? Like who, who, no, it's, it's like skin a super color. Who what bought it? One? I want to know who actually went Rusty to the Butcher, store Mark and bought it. Mark gave it to me when I opened my shop. He of said every shop should have it. a dildo. That totally makes sense. So I have it. It's in my shop. And then we recorded a whole video with it under the bike, like just right? laying there, yeah. like a salami. So people will like comment on the YouTube video. It's still on YouTube. Like they never caught it, and they'll be like, "What's that under the bike?" And I'll go, "What do you mean the mallet?" <laughs> <laughs> but it's clearly, you know, yeah, is what it is. That's interesting. But, you you know, would again, refer to it as a mallet. Yeah, well, because I'm not going to ever admit on YouTube that it's a dildo. That's interesting. But um, it's crazy, you know. But it's like. Why can't we just be who we are and have fun? Why do we have to be worried about everybody taking offense to everything we say or do? Well, that's the hypocrisy behind all of it. Yeah. It's okay for some people to demand open-mindedness and all yep. this other shit from some yes. people, but God forbid they practice it themselves. That's yeah. the thing that's so bad the, I, right now. I really feel that. I feel that more strongly. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and put myself in the fire. I do it every day. I feel that more strongly from the LGBTQ community, more than anyone else. And I feel like in some cases I've been under fire for that in other arenas that I'm just like, that was not meant uh -uh. in pure malice and hatred. No. Like if, if we as a group cannot acknowledge it and make light of it uh -huh. then it's always going to be this suppressive nature where you feel like you have to fight for a place exactly right yep. by joking about it 
it makes it more commonplace. And if we're not able to joke about those things, then you are always going to be fighting for a seat at the table and oh, demanding yeah. it from us. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why for me, it's not, I don't, if you have that way about you, that's fine. Oh yeah, I could care less. That's totally, that's you. What you do, you be you. You yeah. do you and you do it to the fullest, that's fine with me. I'm I'm not gonna do it, you know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna. There's there's a difference here, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And if you're gonna make fun of me, I'm absolutely okay with that. But I'm gonna probably make fun of you too. Oh yeah, I mean, look at me. I was made fun of my whole life. I'm fat. Well, I'm a ginger. <laughs> oh yeah, you had it too. I mean, dude, from growing up. Yeah. I mean, if it was so, you know, back in the day. Oh my god. You were a ginger back then too. I mean, all all the time, <laughs> like 100 percent. All the time, but back in the day, kids were ruthless. I mean, I don't know. Schoolyard teasing for anybody oh, yeah. has gone through it. Schoolyard teasing for me was always getting called fire crotch. Oh yeah, always getting called fire. I crotch. was going to call you that soon. Shoot soon. Oh, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm just kidding. No, but so this one kid who was another ginger, it was a little surfer guy, comes up to me. He whispers and is like, "Next time somebody calls you fire crotch, this is what you say to him." So then here I'm at school, right? This is like third grade or whatever, fourth grade. This kid, kind of a bully, but he's the real popular kid, comes up to me. He's like, you're just a fire crotch. Your pee-pee's always on fire. He didn't say pee-pee. I think he said dick. Right? So then I yell out exactly what this kid told me to say. I was like, oh, yeah? You want to come over here and blow it out? And instant, it was like, ooh. <laughs> right? Well, that was that was it for me. That's where I had... I really accepted the fact that I was a ginger. I nailed it to the floor. It's done. So there you go. I own it now. Oh yeah, you, you, you gotta, gotta own it. You gotta own it. You are who we all are. Who we are. If That's you don't it. own it, I mean, there's there's nothing somebody can say to me that I'm gonna take offense on. You know what I mean? I think the problem though, when you bring up the the L whatever LGBTQ. Thank you. That's, That's too, too many, many letters. Yeah, for too me. many. I can't do it. The um, alphabet group. <clears throat> yep. yep. I think the problem with that right now, at least from my perspective, is that. They tend to be very defensive because they have been in such a bad light for so, for so long, long yeah. you know. And then it's such a new thing to introduce to people like myself. I'm old school, you yep, know. Yep, yep. Same here. So I think a lot of the old school generations have lots of questions we don't really understand. You know, totally open to it. You oh, do yeah. your thing, exactly. you know. But I, but so there de- there tends to be that that battle. Like, well, don't ask me any questions or why are you being judgmental? Yeah. That's their, their you know what I mean? Like, to me, that's like, the problem that I think people have. So to me, yeah. I just, I don't even ask questions. I don't t- have an opinion about it. Yeah. I don't have a thought about it. I like, do. you do your thing. Yeah. See, because you know? to me, if I, if, because I don't want to offend anybody. You know what yeah. makes it easier for me to talk about is when people joke about it a little bit. Because oh, yeah. then I feel like, okay, well, now that it's, you know, it's not I a serious broken, topic. It's not so serious. Yeah. I can ask the questions that are a little bit more serious and we can get into it in a way where the ice is broken and we can have like an actually deep conversation and not feel like I'm about to, you know, be on the other end of sucking a 45. So that's how I feel in most cases. So, but now, I mean, as long as, again, it's in light humor. It's never in malice or no, I, I, no hatred. Whatsoever I never for say me. anything in a derogatory way. Yeah. Like if I say anything, it's always just, I mean, for fun. Yeah, for fun. You know, like and and if it offends somebody, like oh, no, I'm genuinely yeah. sorry. Like yeah. I mean, I don't want to offend anybody yeah. unless I want to offend somebody. Yeah. Like you know, because that's our right too. Yeah. You know, we honestly like we're humans. I, I don't. I've been. Uh, I don't particularly hate any kind of group. I've learned to like dislike the human race more or less because there's shit bags and everything. You see, I agree with that. Yeah, um, I got under fire because I kept calling. Um, I kept calling hookers hookers. 
but they're hookers. But right, what, what are you said. supposed to call them? Sex workers, because it's not politically uh. correct to call them a hooker. And then I was when like, I grew up, they were called hookers. So you can't change a name. When they're, and, they're, yeah. and what do you call it when when they're doing their job? They're hooking, right? It's way cooler to say hooker anyway. hundred percent. And that's why I see. So here I am under fire, and my, one of my friends, she goes, "You can't say that, right? That's not PC. They're sex workers." And I say, "You know what? That might be all right in Vegas." And you can call them a sex worker where it's legit. Yeah. But here, when they're out here doing something illegal, they yeah. hooking. They are a hooker. Yeah. And that's what I'm gonna call them. Yeah. A hooker. hooker. And until the law changes here in California, that's what they are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's where I draw the line. Like I can't be so PC. I'm gonna lay down for every single word and every single term. Yeah. But I, and but it's like, why does that one term now that's been around forever, you know? And it's how did that make it like a derogatory way? You know what I mean? Like. You can't even say the word. So I also learned this: the word disease. What? Huh? Right? Yeah, it's not politically. Wait. It's not politically correct. Who deems these things as? Politically I don't know. Correct? You can't even say the word. Like the word disease is is uh, so looked upon, looked down upon that it's not okay to use the word disease to describe someone. You just say clinical ailment. Yes. Maybe I just made that up. You infection know what? is you passable. Just change the term. Yep. Yeah, it's infection is passable. But see, these are the things like infection is passable sounds worse than having a yeah, disease. That sounds way grosser. <laughs> it sounds well, like it's, a, you're definitely going to hurt. This is the things somewhere. that I'm learning right now that I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous. Where are you learning this shit from anyway? Wikipedia. Yeah. If you get, if you, I, I'm not going to out this person because I do love her, but she is the PC police and she's on our show. It's your mom. No, it's not it my mom. Not, Boy, my mom. Know. My mom. She's. she's I don't know if I want to be on her show now. No, she's fine. Well, because okay. you have me. Okay. And then you also have Tommy, and then uh, Tommy will get on there. She's she's the only she's a she's like a little PC police. You know, she uh, gets on there every now and then. When we cross we, the road, she'll be like, "You can't say that." And I'm like, um. "When you're talking about doing stuff, she's all allegedly." Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's fun. She keeps it real. She's you know, yeah. she's well, real. But she gives us a reason for us to cross the line. I, like she'll show us a line, and then we just jump right over it. Yeah, largely. Because I feel like some of that stuff's weird. Because um, like if you Google like the age range for millennial. I yeah. fall in the category of being a millennial. And there's no motherfucking way that I fall in that category. You know what I mean? Because I've been working since I was like seven. You know, like doing all... Well, you're the exception, not the rule. And I think that's what, yeah. you know, when it comes I, to terms, that's more of the rule, not the exception. Yeah, I feel, in, in my opinion, like the millennial thing kind of starts like kids born like 89 and up kind of deal, you know, where they, you know, grew up not going outside anymore kind of you know when that kind of shit started but it's like it's a we but who the fuck makes up this terms like when we were I when know. i was a kid like we were i think like supposed to be generation x or something you know what i mean that like, is that what i am i think you know, i was born in 78 what am i you're special well i've always been special yeah i've always read the special buses <laughs> <laughs> that's not politically correct sir <laughs> yeah this episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by Heat Shield Products. Based in Southern California with over 60 years of experience in the industry, Heat Shield Products is a family owned and operated company that produces high quality American made solutions to issues caused by extreme heat. Whether you need a heat management solution for your car, motorcycle, or heavy duty equipment, Heat Shield Products helps you to find the right solution to maximize your machine's performance and efficiency. Everyone would like to be cooler. Let Heat Shield Products get you there. Contact Heat Shield Products at www.heatshieldproducts.com or hit them up on Instagram at Heat Shield Products. Don't forget to follow their YouTube, Heat Shield Products, and check out their new podcast, 
Hot Laps, presented by Heat Shield Products. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but now it's back out. Can there I again. please be on the podcast that talks about <laughs> motorcycles and boobs and campouts, please? Oh, I know. I always cross the line. I did it, and but I'm, you know, I'm all. It is. It what it is. It, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you know, again, I've done a lot of dumb shit that's on YouTube and stuff, and it is what it is. I did it. I, I'm. All, I own it, and thank God we didn't put it out there. But I just brought it back up to. It's gonna be out there now. It's gonna be out there now. It's gonna be. Yeah. 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 But People hey, know. It, I, this is. This is my humor. It is. Yeah. Ex- exactly. I mean, why? It's me pushing back on that stuff. That's the reality of it. I just don't feel like we should have to change ourselves. We are who we all are. And, and at one group, one side of the spectrum wants you to be who you are. And then when you are who you are, they're mad at you for being that person. Tolerance goes both ways. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't trying to be me. No. That's the thing, though. I was really just trying to be funny. Just, yeah. And we are funny. I think I'm funny. I wake up in the morning every day and tell myself how funny I look. Yeah, I kind of right. feel like I'm the funniest one here. Right you, now. Are. you probably are. <laughs> Definitely. That's 100% true. Yes. I just want to crawl in a corner and hide right now. <laughs> you did make this a little awkward, but we'll leave it at that. I moved my chair like three inches away from you. It's cool. I have that way about me. Yeah. Either you want to be here or you don't. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. That's one of those times, I guess. Wow. <laughs> Thank God there's no uh, there's no editing on this show, huh? No. That's right. Yeah, there is no editing. We're fucked. Yeah, yeah totally. It just goes. <laughs> It just goes. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, wow, I did not see Aren't you that Aren't you way. glad you showed up today, Mitch? Of course I would pick this day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, in, my, in the back of my head, I was like, cool, she said Monday. Cool, if me and Redbeard are still uh, recording, I'm going to make her come in here and record with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, it really worked out. Yeah. And we actually got, we started doing this at like 1030 this morning. Damn. It's like one, I don't know. Is it really? One thirty. One thirty. Wow, this is a long show. This is a long show. I'm I mean, hungry. should we end it? Well, you're suggesting it. Well, I don't know. I do have to do some things on the motorcycle stuff. We should end it on a high note. What should that be? Yeah, let's talk about something other than that. What are you want to talk about? I don't know. Shows coming up. Builds being built. I'm picking up a road glide. What? I got a road glide. I'll pick it up in two weeks. That's or less. That's pretty good news. I'm excited. Yeah. I am, you know... JNL Harley Davidson in South Dakota teamed up with us, and I get a 2018 Road Glide to make super gnarly. It's gonna be gnar, super gnar. I already got some ideas. I'll show you, but I don't want to talk about it because I've never seen anybody do it before. So it's just like little, you know, little things to do my own little spin on stuff, you know. So I'm excited about how this is gonna come out. I'm excited. I Hard. almost slipped and said something. What'd you, what are you going to say? I'm not going to say it now because I'm going to bring it back. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, He's going to say on. more bad things about people. No, I'm not going to say bad things. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Wow. I'm really not a bad guy. No. <laughs> no, you're not. But I just have bad jokes. I have just terrible jokes. I know, oh, yeah. I can't. I don't know. I used to work union and stuff when I was like in my early 20s. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I got a gnarly potty mouth. And I say some bad shit sometimes. I say terrible th- Thank God I have a wife who slaps me on the back of my head. You ever watch that show Big Mouth? Yeah. I had to stop watching that show because I'd watch it and then I'd say shit like that that's on that show. But it's okay for that show to say it because it's 12-year-old cartoon kids. 
a grown man should not be saying stuff like that. You know, so like um, w- when we used to film a lot with Ryan, he's got me saying some shit on camera that he could release and it's bad news for me. Then I'm really in bad. Just, you know, bad. I can't even, I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> it was bad, man. Wow. Just, yeah. I just feel under fire. Yeah, well, you're you're like, like, I wouldn't even repeat it. Yeah, I am on fire, man. I am totally in it. Fire crotch. Uh, fire crotch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking it. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, uh, what do you got going on for the future? What shows you got going on? You got anything? Uh, Quaid, um, Quaid, Harley, Davidson, Bike Nights coming up two weeks? Yeah, I'm going to be working with them. Uh, Eric and I with Espinosa's are going to be doing something really big for the one that we're going to be hosting as well. Uh-huh. So with that, we decided that this year, the only thing, this is what I'm going to say, I have some really, really big plans for that, but the thing that we're doing is last year we did one custom vest collab giveaway, uh-huh. Yep, yep. and then we had Black Flies Jump On, uh, Love and Bravo Coffee, uh, Bonehead Inc., Speed Kings, everybody jumped on to kind of help with the big, yep. big giveaway. Well, this year we're doing two vests. We're going to do a his and a hers. Aww. So that's going to be gangster. It's like the king and queen of, queen of prom. Yep. And then I'm thinking we're going to do something more because I want to I want to start the we want to start actually raising the money for that. Yep. Because uh, that was one of the biggest bike nights that they had had. And I was yeah. really excited about that. That was kind of the goal for me was like, I want to just make the biggest bike night ever that we can all enjoy and raise and elevate the community. And it wound up turning out just insane. There was more people. Like, there wasn't even enough parking. They were parking across the streets and, yep. and other people's, other businesses' parking lots. It was insane. I think they rented a tram from Disneyland and were bringing people over. It was great. Yep. It was great. There was balloons and everything. <laughs> cotton candy. I remember the cotton candy balloons sales were super high. Balloons are bad the environment. <laughs> so are straws. <laughs> and bags. <laughs> don't get me started, man. I'm just and hookers. Gonna, hookers are bad for the environment. Oh, yeah, and hookers are bad, too. <laughs> They're going to be. They're bringing in uh, sex wow. workers, right? Got to bring sex workers to take over the hookers' jobs. Oh gosh! Don't. I'm, I'm going to slide back into it. So anyhow, it's going to be a good. It's going to be a good set of shows. But we're going to start actually investing in in raising the money a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, I also. Uh, we're also working on doing something pretty killer with launching some new product that we've been working on for a really, really long time. It's just a slow process because it's hard to create new things yep. when you're doing so much. But we have oh, some yeah. other things that are coming out. I love, I'm really actually looking forward to Dyna Days because I also know that you partner with yep. them on Dyna Days, right? Yep. So I'm looking forward to Dyna Days this year because the trophies are going to be the immaculate conception of yep. trophies this year. Yes. So. And you're doing trophies for the V Twin Visionary shows too. Uh, yeah. Or the, the Daytona one? I did the one for the Daytona one, which is kind of like my preemptive strike for uh, trying out an idea for actually Dyna Days. Sweet. So the Dyna Days ones are going to be epic. So, you know, I'm doing the trophies for the uh, California one for V-Twin Visionary. Oh, that's exciting. We should team up. We should team up. I have an idea I was going to talk to you about after the show. Oh, then let's do that. Yeah, sweet. That worked out. Yeah. We should probably use like a distributor cap on one of them. Oh, Yes. You can retard the timing on it. <laughs> Why? I, that's my fault. I led oh. you there. I totally did that. Mitch, where's where's MotoFam setting up soon in the near future? Okay, um, we're gonna do Hippie Killer. Yep, I'll be there. Um, but you know, I've never been to Hippie Killer. Really? This is the first time. Oh, you're gonna like it. I know. I just I, for some reason I always got something going on, and so we're setting up this year. Yeah, with okay. the NFV Twin Visionary section. Nice. We'll be next to Loser Machine. Sweet. We're actually going to release a collab collection, I guess, if you will, with mm-hmm. Loser 
around That's April 1st. Nice. So it's going to be a long sleeve, short sleeve, pin. So that's kind of a big thing coming up right before um, Hippie Killer. And then we have... The I can't believe we're already in March. Right? This year's already going by too fast. Yeah, it's wild. We're already through one-fourth of the year. But it's been such a rad so far year. Oh, yeah, I've been so busy. Yeah. It's good, though. I'm pretty much on cloud nine. Really? Yeah. Damn, I want what you you have. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) She got the Modelo virus. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stand it. So what's after uh, Hippie Killer? Babes Ride Out. Babes Ride Out. East Coast. East Coast Babes Ride Out. Where's that at? It's going to be in Narrowsburg, New Jersey. For all six women that listen to this podcast, it's going to be in Narrowsburg, New Jersey. It is so rad, though. It's such a great event. I don't think we have a big female um, listening base. And if they listen to the, if you promote this and they listen to this one, we're probably gonna have less. <laughs> I was just gonna say, if I promote this, they're gonna hate me. <laughs> Why? Well, you're gonna have less. I'll just be a misogynist. Yeah, I'm somehow. We would just yep. like to say everything that we said before that was alleged, and alleged. that we really love everybody. Yes. That's also true. And we're hundred percent. And we are allegedly guests on this podcast. And we are allegedly in love with each other. And this is allegedly Redbeard because it might not even be. You just hear his voice. Uh, it could be somebody all these else. Gingers look the same. <laughs> yeah, Red, Redbeard's real voice is much deeper and and scurlier. And scurlier. And I don't think his hair is that long, really, in real yeah, life. Yeah, not at all. Do you have a ponytail right now? I do. That's gangster. But that's um, this is the real red beard has really nice hair. Do Allegedly, you, this is scraggly hair. Do you flat iron your beard? <laughs> you do, yeah, don't I you? Do, yeah. I fucking knew it. Yeah, he's. Yeah. It looks so nice. <laughs> it does look really nice. Because I'm like nobody's beard looks that fucking nice. He has Thank to you. do something to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. It's a lot of work. That's too it's much my, work. It, and it's a legit flat iron, not that that weird Russian comb iron thing. It looks very nice. Thank you. I, honestly, I do take the time on it. This is like three days of not flat ironing it, though. That's how nice uh, it looks. I can't see. It's I, trained. My beard gets long, and then I get super itchy because I don't know how to take care of them. And then I just cut it off, and then I start over again. I don't know. I have a process. You have a very nice homeless beard. That's I like what it, it looks like right now. This is an in-between stage right now. See, like I was the, like here recently, but I, I noticed, too, my beard only gets one length, and once it gets there, it's done growing. You, you, would, ha- you would be good with the comb. Like that hot iron comb that they have, it doesn't work for me. Uh, it probably wouldn't work for mine when it gets longer. It gets real nappy. If I had your, I w- actually I would prefer to have your beard because my my I have like Asian hair. That's what I've been told by the stylists that work on my hair. Yeah, Asian? swear to God. What is, it, why is Asian hair different than any other? Thin but thick. So they have a lot uh, of hair, but the hair in general is just that's very thin. I have that up here. Thin but thick. <laughs> 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 like a body descriptor. Yeah, like a bodybuilder. Oh yeah. What's a body descriptor? You use big words, man. I don't. Some of these words you've used, I don't know. I like to write. I'm probably right. glad I don't know what some of them mean. Right. <laughs> what is descriptor? What do you mean you like to write? I, I like. Mean, I write. I like, I like to books? write. Mm-hmm. I like to write. Like it was one of the things published. That, none. Actually, there is a book though that I've been Uh-oh. working on for a long time. It's my little isms. Isms. Yeah. Ex- isms explain like you know like um an ism would be um don't write don't put your tongue on a cold pole oh that's just from the, the christmas yeah, little isms little 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 thinker things huh. so when and was the last time you wrote your wife a love letter oh my god 
it wasn't god that's so terrible i wish you never would ask me it's been a long time actually oh. but i have written her love letters a physical letter yeah. yes that is if you're a writer and you haven't written your wife a love letter in a long time you know what she did I, I, I gotta tell you so I gotta tell you something about my wife this is I am the, the total beast and she is the total beauty 100% if you don't believe it after this podcast you believe in it now so she before I, I we don't, I don't think anybody was thinking that you're the beauty and she's the beast though. no I'm thinking I'm the beast and she's the beauty well, no, I'm just saying but I'm just saying make sure yeah to be we're clear. really glad that you clarified that <laughs> <laughs> so before we even met before she got married she would write in a journal to the person she was going to marry and she called him her david oh because what's she would write every single day to the person she was going to marry her david the things that she loved about that person the things that she hoped about that person how she wanted a fictional person though this is a fictional person or just like during your time of dating no 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 before i even met her like so a, a, when she was just a teen. She's writing to somebody that she hopes is the future. Yes, exactly. And then when we got on the day we got married, she gave me those journals of all the things that she said about her husband. That's interesting. It was amazing because she said some really beautiful things. It wasn't like it wasn't it, w- it was broad strokes about the things that she wanted to do for that person, how she wanted to love on them, take care of them, how she, w- you know, raising children and stuff like that, how she wanted to build a life and stuff like that. Wow. I thought it was amazing. It is amazing. She, it was, it was a lot of stuff that she wrote. She's a romantic? Very much. Yeah. You're not a romantic, Mitch. I'm not. Yeah. You're like having a hard I'm time. I'm not. Thinking, like, like, I've never. Kind of like, uh, I don't like, know if I can really buy into that. I try to be. As I get older, I'm trying to be a little bit more open to that, but I'm not a very, like... How are you not a romantic and then ask me if I've written a love letter to my wife? Ooh, how the tables have turned. Because I expect other people to do it. I don't expect me to do it, though. You're not a writer. Oh, yeah, I'm That not was the whole point, that you're a writer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I'll, t- I'll from time talent. to time write... I'll, I'll text. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like writing with my hands anymore anyways. I feel like my penmanship... I, I used to get complimented on how nice my penmanship was. I feel now that because I don't write as often, no, probably nobody really does, um, my penmanship gets worse and my hand gets like tired faster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll have nights where I'm like laying in bed because she falls asleep usually before me because I'm just my brain never shuts up. And then I'll just like text her something. And then when she wakes up, it's there because she also wakes up before like an hour before I do. Yeah, one of the things I wish I could, we should start doing again was we used to leave little notes for each other when we would separate for the day. She would just drop a little note in my lunch bag or put a note in my helmet so when I put my helmet on, I'd see it. That's sweet. Yeah. Huh. She always in the belief, because her dad was also a writer, she was in the belief that at any given point, you know, if you're writing, even though she totally promotes that and is, oh, yeah. loves the idea of that, at any given day, your card could get pulled. Oh, yeah. Easy. It's hard. I always think about that too, like with my kids. Like I took my son on one long ride once. Um, I picked him up from Asperia and we rode all the way back to Riverside and he was on the back of the bike, you know. And then I was like, I don't know. It freaked me out. Like, you know, it was just a weird situation. And then I was like, I've, I've never had him on the back of the bike since. And this is a couple of years ago now. And I don't know what it was, but I just got, for some reason, got this weird, Spooked. like, yeah, like, you know, if something happens to me, I'm good with it. I'm okay with it. Like, I can't. I, I, I have to ride motorcycles to like be normal like that's where I find my like that's my mm-hmm. what brings me you know even if I don't ride for a long time then I'll get you to this weird thing where I'm like I need to fucking get on this bike I need to go like you know do my thing or whatever right so 
And it was something weird about just that having him on the back and if like you know something happened and 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 you know i don't know just something got to me and i'm like yeah i'm good i'm not going to do that again i don't know why it's just hard i want him to ride i want him to ride motorcycles on his own and i want him to want to ride you know um he's not really into it so that's his thing but he, as it gets older i think it might come um but i don't know yeah i don't know i'm good with, i'm good with it i'm at peace if something happens to me you know like I'll I'll feel sad for people left behind you know blah 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 but I'm okay with it and if I go out that way that's the way I go out I'm cool with that I would get crushed if my wife died before me oh same when when, when Amy got on her bike the first time like uh, uh, and like it was like watching my child ride one I built the bike for her you know what I mean two like I I paid for her to go through like the CHP court like it was like in my head I'm like would you ride motorcycle if it wasn't for me you know what I mean? Because like yeah. she didn't before. She didn't. And then when we met, you know, when she got on the back of the bike and all this stuff, and now she rides her own bikes, you know. And I'm always tripping out. I'm always like kind of thinking like, you know, I, you know. But again, it's like, you know, she loves it. She loves riding motorcycles. So there's something to say for people. Motorcycles are not for everybody. They're definitely not. And there's been plenty of people that we all know that have had one, got spooked by something, and won't get back on. Mm-hmm. You know, I've crashed. I've done stupid shit. I've ended up in ditches and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm going to ride the next day. I'm going to ride right after that. I got almost got hit by a car. I had to put the bike down in the middle of the street, you know, and pushed it. Literally, it was, like, so close, I pushed it back to where I was living, bent things back, and got right back on and rode the rest of the day. You know what I mean? Like, it's just part. Sometimes it's part of you, and sometimes it's just not for you. But, you know, that's the other thing, too, that I love about what Mitch promotes as far as the the preemptive strike and learning about how to ride your motorcycle is that in those classes, they also teach you about how to crash. Oh, yeah. And that's I, I didn't even know that there was a way to crash. Oh, but yeah. if you know if you're coming into a circumstance, there's a way to lay your bike down so that you cause the least amount of bodily damage yeah. to yourself. And I don't know what that is, but I think in my situation that I had, I did that. There's a way. There's yeah. there's a very trained way that you yeah. can put your bike down for a slide to cause the least amount of damage. Because the last thing you want to do is be caught under the bike while it's sliding. Yeah, no, I, I kind of came off the bike and the bike kind of went. And I think I just lucked out. And then the lady said it was my fault. The worst kind of crash is, you know, like where you see people and they kind of like the oh, starts yeah. to do the sidewinder thing and it f- like slaps them off the other yep, side. Yep. My uncle calls that an improper dismount, but there's a way to avoid yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, mine was, uh, I was leaving my apartment in Costa Mesa and I, you know, I mean, I was going 30. I was on like still a street, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the lady just pulled out of her apartment complex and it was either hit her car, like T-bone it or... You know, back brake kind of slide sideways, let the bike go kind of deal. And I had to, I did that. I chose that option. And, you know, <laughs> the bike didn't get like in crazy damage, you know. Um, but that was like the, actually the first time I was able to do some fun stuff on my bike built by Geico, sponsored by Geico on that time. The lizard. Yeah, the lizard. Who <laughs> <laughs> paid for the first remodel. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's a scary, especially in Southern California. I mean, we have a lot to you know in in highly populated cities with traffic and stuff, um, lane splitting, all that stuff. We have a lot of uh, factors in the way we all ride. And um, I was actually on the phone with the um, um, uh, uh, my guy over at J and L Harley, and we were talking about lane splitting. And uh, they don't do lane splitting up there. No. 
And so he said he came out, you know, was riding out here one time and they were doing link spinning. He's like, oh man, it's crazy. It freaks people yeah, out. Yeah, we're so used to it. We have, you know, it's like a must. Yeah. You know, but, uh, and then you see some people, you know, and are just terrible at it anyways. I saw some guy the other day on the freeway. He was going from the media or from the, the shoulder back into the lane splitting, like through cars, like like slaloms. And I'm like, man, just ride the shoulder then. Yeah. Because I've done that plenty of times where it's like real crazy traffic. And, you know, people just aren't paying attention. I'll just go in the shoulder instead and ride. But I'm not doing 100. I'm doing 25, 30. I'm trying to be respectful, like respectful to the people that are still in cars in a sense where I'm not trying to put anybody in danger by like doing, oh, the shoulder's open. I'm going to do 90. You know but what I mean? That's the law, isn't it? Like it's up to 35 miles an you hour. Can't, you can't ride in the shoulder though. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean like as far as lane splitting in California, isn't the law <sighs> There's a gray state area. that you can't go over 35 miles, especially From if the I traffic read, is moving over 35 miles might, an hour? You might know more than I do. From what I understand, it's 10 miles over the flow of traffic. Yeah, but not, but nothing above 30. Right. Oh, is it 30? But it's, and it's like, it's like, seems to be like, from what I've read, and I haven't looked into it again in the years, but it's like CHP has some guidelines, and I'm using those bunny ears, guidelines for lane splitting. So they're not actual physical real laws per se. That's what I've read. But again, I haven't looked into it in a couple of years. So Yeah, it's been a while since I've really looked into the details of it, too. But I want to say that it is a law now uh-huh. that you are legally lane allowed sharing. to lane share. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you've always been. A, but I mean, like they have these like it's, it's, it is legal. There are regulations to it, which yeah. I think is 10 miles over the Ten flow mile, of traffic. Yep. But also, I think there's kind of a gray area, too. If you are in an accident while you're splitting lanes, it is almost automatically your fault. Really? Yeah. Because I can't say anybody that I've ever heard of crashing during lane splitting has ever been able to avoid being at fault. Right. Which sucks, too, because I was in a situation where I was with a large crowd of guys and we were lane splitting. And this group of girls was in, uh, I want to say it was a white Toyota Corolla. And we saw them laughing and chuckling because a handful of bikes had already gone by them. And then there was, I don't know, probably about 40, 50 feet. So there was a break in, in the group and they were pointing and I saw phones go up. The girl pumps her brakes and then moves over just, I mean, like squashes that little space just as we're coming up to it. And the guy in front of me was a bagger. He, there's no way he was going to slip through that. So he yeah. went right into their back end Wow. and, you know, bent his, bent his forks and everything. Like they barely bought. had enough space to be able to just be, yeah. roll his bike off the side. And it was a I big deal. I would have bent that whole car up. I was I was so bent on that. I like, get mad. That was a funny joke punch, for them. I punch but that's cars. That's our life for us. Yeah, I punch cars and kick cars and stuff if they want to act like that. Huh? I haven't. I have never really. I've hurt my hand before. I'm like, ah, oh, why did I do that? I only did it one time where I Paul vaulted somebody's side mirror one yeah. time. It's crazy, man. I don't understand it. I've had one really good lane splitting story. That I we were on my old shovel head. Me and Amy, we were heading up to the high desert to visit some friends, and we're splitting in in crazy gridlock traffic on the 91, and I'm splitting the fast lane, and my bike breaks down. Oh, so it just stopped between cars. <laughs> I was like, get off, and we've had to push it up the on ramp of the freeway. Oh, that shovel head was such a fucking nightmare. But, but shovel heads have a special sound that no other bike has. Yeah, it's called the graveyard. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want another one. But. Have you ever been in any close calls? I mean, I've wrecked a few times, yeah. Really? Um, yep, even done it splitting lanes. Um, but I've been riding motorcycles since 2004, so I've put myself in a lot of positions to be in crashes. Yeah. But, um, 
I used to carry a ball peen hammer on my bike, but I never used it. I've never hurt anybody's vehicle before. Uh, I always said I would if I they could, deserve but it then sometimes. I'm like, no. There's certain times you could tell when they just maybe don't see you, but there's certain times like you just said where they they're literally doing it on purpose. But here's it's the crazy. thing though, you put yourself at risk with these people. Oh, definitely. Far beyond just the, you know, act definitely. of riding a motorcycle. I mean, you hit somebody's car or you clip their mirror on purpose or something, they'll use their car as a weapon. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, I actually had a guy I was behind somebody and I was following splitting lanes and he didn't want me to come through. So he blocked me. I had to full brake heavy and stopped right at his tire and he laid on his horn and he just sat there until the light turned red or turned green. And I'm just thinking to myself, what, I mean, what, what is the point of that? You know, and somebody like that, if I would have hit his car or done something, I guarantee he probably would have. Yeah. intentionally hurt me yeah you just never know nowadays i mean i've heard about people getting hit by people on purpose because oh, yeah. they don't like them being on a motorcycle it's it's insanity it's just wild the mentality though it's like we we are not doing anything to bother anybody essentially you know what i mean uh, we're just doing what we're allowed to do and it's safe for all of us that ride harleys it's actually safer for the bike because it's an air-cooled motor in the summertime you know let's be honest if we sit in traffic we will blow the motor up or you know damage it and somehow if it overheats too much so it's just kind of crazy like i don't understand but yet we have to share you know bicycle lanes with people and right. everybody's okay with that i got a drink thrown on me once when i was pulling mm-hmm. up in between cars at a red light Really? Yeah. They got irritated uh, that because the line was so long for the, the four-way stop. And I pulled up. I just kind of like, you know, just all, like I was walking the bike through all the yeah. cars and I got to the front line. And then just as I was passing a car getting towards the front, they threw a drink on me and I'm like, yo. And they were mad because they thought I wasn't supposed to do that and that I needed it. Like I was cutting the line, which yeah. I kind of was. But at the same time, I'm allowed to do it. And two, it's for my safety. Like if I'm in the back and someone's not paying attention, I've seen it plenty of times oh, yeah. where someone smashes into another car because they're looking down at their phone. And then they go, oh, my God, there's cars stopped in front of them. If I was on a bike, they would. there's less of me to see. Yep. They would absolutely tear me apart. Oh, yeah. So I'd rather be between two cars if something like that's going to happen than behind one. Yeah. I saw a couple on a sport bike get run over by a big work truck and get stuck under there. Ugh. And I, all I could think of is, why wouldn't you split? Yeah. If you were at the front of the line in the middle of two cars, you would not have had that happen. Yep. It's and crazy. people don't understand it. And, you know, you hear a lot of people get upset over people in traffic being aggressive on a motorcycle, but that saves a lot of people's lives. Yeah. You know, I mean weaving in and out of traffic like they're all trying to kill you is the best way to ride oh yeah you aggressive you aggressive. have to be some aggressive yeah. rider you I have mean, to be like two moves ahead all the time yep. head on a swivel just yep. assuming everybody is going to come in front of, of you cars. That's yeah what i'm always trying to do that's how i look at the cars you know when you're on the freeway i look at you know how people start to stack up on the freeway and you yep. can see it like i look at it as like a herd oh, yeah. and i can see it you know when you're moving through the lanes here's a whole like 13 cars and they all seem to be moving at the same yeah. speed across all the lanes i just need to get through that to the next Sometimes open I feel spot like I'm playing frogger yeah, yep. that's exactly how yep. I see it. That's I mean, hot. identical. And you know, it, it, and sometimes lane splitting is so fun when you just get locked in that mode, it though. Is. You know, and you're just like, and you just got mm-hmm. this fluid movement through all the cars. It's like, uh, sometimes that's some of the best riding. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're on the open freeway. I agree. But on the 15, not on the five. On the 15. <laughs> I have sex with all the construction. Oh yeah, it, it's crazy, and then it's just gonna be worse. All the construction is done, and then it's just back to square one because they didn't account for population increase. <laughs> In the three years it took them to do the free right. Yeah. Well, I think we've hit the uh, three-hour mark here. So. <laughs> Good. Get off. 
already. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut it out. Um, we're going to cut it off. Redbeard, how can people find you? Uh, redbeardleather.com, Redbeard Original, Instagram, Redbeard Original, Facebook, and there's also a private group on Facebook that you can join. Ooh, private group. Mitch, tell everybody about your, your good stuff. Uh, MotoFam, so on Instagram, we're going to be moto underscore FAM, MotoFam, uh, or motofam.org uh, if you want to check out online. Uh, yeah, lots of great stuff that we have going on, just trying to raise money to help people involved in a life changing motorcycle accident. So, if you're in the community, help yep. your community. Help your community, people. Get what you can. If if anything, if anything comes from this podcast, um, besides hate mail, uh, please, uh, <laughs> <laughs> please get on uh, MotoFam and give them a follow and your support in any way that you can, because it is definitely one of those programs uh, that they are at the heart of the community. Um, and they're speaking to the community to lift them up, and, and uh, there's there's really no other program that's that's like them that nope. really speaks to the heart of this community. Truth thank talk you. right there. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for coming out, um, joining us. Mitch, thanks for the pleasant surprise of being on the podcast. She wasn't here for this, so we made her. But <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is fueled by 11 Bravo Coffee, a veteran-owned mobile coffee shop where a dollar for every pound brewed or sold is donated to veteran organizations. 11 Bravo Coffee Company supports many community and motorcycle events, and if you'd like to learn more about 11 Bravo Coffee Company or book them for your event, head over to 11bcc.com or visit them on Instagram and Facebook at 11 Bravo Coffee Co., we love their coffee, man. They come to a lot of events with us and set up, and we're lucky to have their cold brew on tap here at the shop. So go ahead, check them out.